0: A rule change means that people will have to provide medical reports if coming to the U.K. to get a gender recognition certificate from certain countries, such as parts of Australia and the United States and more, as they don't have similarly rigorous systems. Secretary of State for Business and Trade Kemi Badenoch told Parliament on Wednesday, new rules mean that people coming from overseas must satisfy the U.K.'s strict criteria for legal gender recognition. This means that now if someone has had their gender previously recognized in one of the countries or territories taken off the approved list, they need to provide medical reports when applying for gender recognition in the UK. The minister also told Parliament that the threat to many young gay people is not conversion relating to their sexuality, but conversion relating to gender identity, calling it the new form of conversion therapy. The British advocacy group LGB Alliance welcomed the comments, adding that young gay children being told they're trans and being put on medical pathway was the new homophobia. Australia's parliament has passed legislation designed to make the nation a world leader in tobacco control. The Public Health Tobacco and Other Products Bill 2023 passed both passes of parliament on December 7, 2023. New graphic health warnings will be placed on the front of cigarette packages under the law following market testing. The precise images will be consulted on in the next few weeks before a final decision is made. Dissuasive messages will also be put on individual cigarette sticks, with messages such as toxic addiction causes 16 cancers and shortens your life. These messages are in the process of testing, but the government said Australia would be one of the first countries in the world to include this public health measure. The federal labor government said it now had the legislation in place to underpin our renewed fight against tobacco, and prevent the next generation from the devastating impacts of smoking. Former biotech entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy and former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie clashed over Ukraine and foreign policy at the News Nation GOP primary debate.
1: About who should be president of the United States, what we don't disagree on is this is a smart, accomplished woman. You should stop insulting. I to take this. So,
2: first of all, I think we just learned something from Chris Christie. We learned three on, things. Hold on,
3: hold on.
2: We learned three things right there. First of all, Chris Christie also doesn't know what provinces in eastern Ukraine he actually wants us to fight for. Plus, your version of foreign policy experience was closing a bridge from New Jersey to New York. So do everybody a favor. Just walk yourself off that stage. Enjoy a nice meal and get the hell out of this place.
0: This has been James O'Neill with your TNT News Brief. We'll be back with another news break at the top of the next
4: hour. This is a TNT Radio Encore. Talk to us now and go to the TNT Radio Interactive Live Chat Room at TNTradio.live lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's
5: News Talk Radio TNT. Okay, well, we better move away.
4: This is The Reckoning with Timothy Shea on today's News Talk Radio. TNT.
5: We'll have to leave Timothy there. Now I don't know what's happened to my radio. Oh, they'll be right now. Okay, look, I'll do the little do my bit. Five past five. Good morning.
1: For great looking t-shirts, hoodies, and sweatshirts. The TNT shop is now open at tntradio.live.
5: Uh, very good. Okay, welcome to the program here on the Liberty NZ Breakfast here with Grant Edwards. Wakatani 17.9 degrees today. Uh, twice or 4.9. <laughs> Not too bad. Taurong is a little breezy at the moment, 30 kilometres per hour and timaru has got a bit of rain, 04 four millimetres. The forecast, we I think we looked at that earlier on in the morning. For those of you that are up uh, early, you would have heard it, but I would, just for those that have just joined us now, I'll give you a quick rundown on what to wear today. So, you blokes, make sure you've got your lipstick on and your rouge and your eye makeup on. That's what we do today, apparently. Is that right? Yeah, well, that's what the women do. They go out. They put it all on before they go out. I was just saying before the news at five o'clock, the women put all the makeup on before they leave the house. You'd think that on the way home, they'd sort of put a bit of makeup on and come home and look lovely for the husband or, you know, for the boyfriend or whoever it is, uh, whatever you do these days. Uh, but they don't. It goes the other way around. It seems a bit strange. You're thinking, why is she getting all dressed up to go out? Who's she? <laughs> yeah, it's a bit strange. Anyway, so that's why they should stay home, shouldn't they? Stay home and keep the house clean so that when you get home, it's nice and tidy and you can go home and run your finger across the top of the um you know, just run your finger across the top of, uh, say, a you know picture frame or something with your white glove on. Put a white glove on. So that's what they do, don't they? Just to make sure that it's all properly cleaned. Anyway, back to the weather. Northland of Taranaki, including Taraman, Taramanui, Tawhunaui, and the uh, what have we got? Coromandel as well. You've got a fine day today, not too bad. Showers developing in Coromandel though later on this afternoon. So it's good at the moment, but not going to be too good a bit later. Uh, in the Bay of Plenty and uh you you've got fine breaks, isolated showers, thunderstorms as well in land. That's going to be this afternoon it's getting a little bit worse towards the evening. Thunderstorms. Hard to believe isn't it this time of the year we'll be having thunderstorms. Uh, for Wanganui and also for Happy in Wellington and uh, Gisborne and the Wairarapa. Mostly fine weather for you fine folks today. Very good morning to you down there. Hello to those lovely chaps in Levin and uh, Kopitaroa. Thank you very much for tuning in. Well, uh, clicking in. <laughs> click again. You, what do they say? You tune in to 89.7 and now we just say click in to Liberty NZ on the wireless here with the Grunter Grant Edwards, mostly fine as well. Anyway, and you've got uh, fine breaks. Uh, no, you've got, mostly fine today, but you've got some isolated showers. Showers in isolated areas. So if you're out in the and the and the Waps, you know, there's going to be some. If you're not living in an isolated place out there on your own, you expect some showers to turn up, especially in the ranges and in the afternoon and evening. It's going to be heavy for you as well. For Nelson and Buller at the top of the South Island, there Buller's a bit further south, Marlborough and Westland. Uh, you've got fine showers today, isolated afternoon and evening showers, and Mar- Marlborough. And uh, Fiordland's going to be rainy all day, sorry about that, rainy all day, it's of course a rainy old place, isn't it? That's why there's lots of wonderful foliage growing, grow, the, the grass grows quite quickly there, the trees go well. Of course the, the moose, uh, they have a wonderful time there in Fiordland, but they're a bit elusive, hard to track down, but you know, I have seen them, yes, I've got, I had uh, great uncles tell me about the moose that were brought in, I don't know how they got them here, must have been on a ship or something, or maybe the uh, brought them over on one of those dugout logs that they're telling us they arrived on. Rainy all day today in Fiordland, Canterbury, shards clearing this morning. Uh, fine breaks, uh, fine spells increasing though. That's good. So it's going to be getting better. Otago and south and partly cloudy. But you've got some shattered scars uh, a bit later on in the day along the coast there clearing. Clearing from Southland in the afternoon, though, that's good, isn't it? Mainly fine over at the Ch- Chat Hams. Yes, over at Chatham, it's going to be lovely over there. There's quite a few islands over there. I might go for a sale over there one day when I retire. You know, in the olden days, if I if I make it, uh, when I get older, I might go for a sale. Uh, why don't we um, have a look at the uh, fake stream media, and we'll just see what they've got for us. But i better do my bit and... Play the, old, um, play the old advertising here. i better start the old intro. This is one we did on the podcast, actually, of the Liberty NZ podcast. Hey, if you're not a member, and when I mean member, I mean if you haven't followed us over at uh, Podbean, that's the one we want you to go on. But only 35% of people actually hear us on Podbean. Uh, of, and we've been going for a while now. And uh, only 35%, the rest of them I think they're on Google Google Apps or uh, well, Google Podcast, Google Pod, or something, and then what's the other one? I think Spotify. A lot of people listen to the Breakfast Show. Uh, here, they listen to that. They haven't got time. They can't get up early in the morning. Can't get drag themselves out of bed up all night, or you know, just you know, working, you know, going to work, that sort of. Thing. <laughs> haven't got time. Can't listen. They've got to be selling things to people. People walk in the door. How do you do? Oh, lovely, very much. Just let me know if there's anything I can do. Thank you. And uh, would you like to try those on? You know, if you work in a shoe store, would you like to try that one on? or just pop out the back and get get those for you. Look my Size 10 Yes, yeah, so there we are Look, I'll bring you a 10.5 just in case Those sort of people They can't actually listen to the radio uh, While they're working, can they? Because they've got to constipate On, um, you know uh, What they're going to say In their, in their selling spiel So that's unfortunate I, I never enjoyed I was very good at selling But I never never really enjoyed sort of, um, sort of talking people into things Which is what you do You're just basically Just persuading people all day, aren't you? But you've got to be not too pushy You know uh, some of them are a wee bit pushy, aren't they? I like the idea of having um, people. Uh, all the salespeople should be on commission, I believe. I think we get far better service from people in the shops. We get terrible service, don't you? Walk into the shop, and they've got no idea. And of course, I've been quite well trained in sales, and you know, and uh, I like to be sold. <laughs> you know, I actually like someone to sell me. Uh, properly sell me into the shoe, you know. Get, you know, build rapport straight away. You know, you know whether you like the beggars, don't you? Within the before they open their mouth, first thirty seconds, you know whether you like them or not. And uh, you know, history proves, and the you know people have done quite a bit of surveys on this, and some surveys, and what else have they done? They've done sort of. You know, it's quite a science actually. They know that people actually would uh, they they'll spend more money with people they like and trust. If they like you and trust you so that's what you're doing you're trying to build a bit of, a bit of likeness that we you're trying to build, build a bit of um, rapport aren't you with them a rapport with the people and you want them to trust you as well so you've got but it's really all about personality, isn't it? it's all about um, uh, just getting people to uh, to like you and trust you and if they do they'll buy anything <laughs> but then you've got to be careful once you've got once you've got that um, once you've got their trust. You've got to be careful. You make sure you don't flog flog them old any old thing. And I always used to look at it this way when I was selling. I used to think, would I buy that? Would I sell that to my mother or my father? And uh, so you, it's a, it's that's the old thing, isn't it? Do unto others, you'd have them do unto you. And uh, that's why it's really important. I used to make sure that I worked for a very good company when I didn't work for too many people. I. I th- I felt I was better than that. I felt I could actually go it alone. And I I don't know, put might have made more money working for others. But I just enjoyed uh, seeing the writing on the wall if things weren't going so good. Instead of just getting reading the letter, you know, saying you're fired, sort of thing. Um, but I found that um, if people like you and trust you, they'll spend more money with you. But then you've got to make sure you don't just flog them any old thing, and make sure that's what I'm going to say make sure you've got a good product to sell, too. Just no, no good selling junk, is there? Got a lot of Chinese junk coming in. And China builds some beautiful stuff, but, of course, New Zealand doesn't tend to get the good stuff. Uh, so, But it's very difficult, isn't it, with the language barrier, trying to find out. So often they just sort of flog rubbish onto us. So much junk. Oh, gosh, I bought a mincer the other day, thinking, oh, that'll be lovely, and... Ah, oh, I'm probably just going to chuck it out. A, a mince meter. I might keep some a mince meter. Um, a meat a meat mincer. I don't know. Do that with words. I flop, flip them around. You might hear me. I, someone said that I said, uh, "constipate" the other day instead of saying "concentrate." I said, "No, I've never done that." Nonsense! Nonsense! Um. And then, of course, I went back and listened to it, and, and uh, I'm sure that I've said constipate today as well. When I meant concentrate, I'm sure that's happened. Uh, and the other day I was talking about um, my my beeping slag. Uh, that's the one I'd like to put a liner in my beeping slag when I'm, I'm out in the bush. And they said, you said beeping slag. And I said, I did not. They said, you did. You sh- you should have said sleeping bag, and you didn't. You said beeping slag. I said, you've got to be joking. Anyway, sure enough, I listened to the tape, and, and I I had said... Beeping slag. I couldn't believe it. And so I do make mistakes. And the other, uh, what was it yesterday? I was was telling you about um, Golda Meir. She was the Prime Minister of Israel from 1969 all the way to 1974. And I knew that and I was sure that I said 1974. And apparently I said 1971, which is just completely wrong. Absolute rubbish. He was the prime minister up until seventy four. A good old Golder. Uh, anyway, let's hear from the uh, prime minister, former prime minister of New Zealand. Her name is Jacinda Ardern. She's now Dame. When you see her, you say that Dame over there. My dad used to talk like that, but he was born in nineteen twenty one. He had me very late in life. I was a bit late. Liz Gunn. Her father was in the war, Second World War as well. We we're a different breed, us war babies. Uh, we' not actually war babies, I was born after the war well after the war, my brothers and sisters, just a few years after the war that bit older than me uh still kicking but um you know i was um, my dad was um, in his forties when I was born. My mother was forty five I think gosh that 's old isn 't it it's quite old you wouldn 't think she 'd be able to do that still uh but the, but she did so she was obviously you, you know firing on all fours or whatever so that 's good good old mummy. And uh, so Edith, her name was um, not a bit, a bit like. Remember Archie Bunker? He had a wife called Edith. It's a wonderful name, Edith. Edith Grace. What a beautiful name! And some uh, Asian people that um, my mother sold one of her businesses to. Uh, they loved her so much. It was like their New Zealand mother, and they called her. Uh, their child, their firstborn girl, they named her Grace after my mother. Isn't it lovely? She's wonderful people. My mum and dad, gosh, they loved us so much that, you know, we, we'd fall out of bed at night, they'd be there to catch you before you hit the ground. Would you call yourself a socialist?
3: Uh,
4: no. You've never told a lie in politics?
3: No, no. See, somebody sent
4: me a video action last Friday and it had you talking at the Socialist Community Oh, the right School. Was,
3: yes, yes, And you
4: mentioned the word comrade uh, about four times in a minute. What was that about?
3: It was a rally and I am about 25 years old. Comrade, 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 comrade. So comrade, 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 comrade.
6: That was in 2009. Oh, well, I can't remember which country it was in. <laughs> has changed since those days? No, not
1: particularly. No. If you are caught in a lie or caught intentionally misleading the New Zealand public, how would you expect to be held to account?
7: For well, I actually believe that it is possible to exist in politics without lying. We drum
5: in that. But that wasn't the question. He said if you were caught in a lie... How would you... Well, let's see what he said, because he just, she didn't answer the question. You have listen. You listen to this again.
7: That it is possible
5: to... Hang on, I'll go back a bit further. Here. Well,
7: I actually believe that it is possible to...
5: No, hang on, I'll just wind that record back. We actually do recordings here, so I'll, I'll, um, I'll see if I can... I'll see if I can... System it politics. No, you say that. What is the question we
1: court caught intentionally
5: just a minute. Wow. There.
1: If you are caught in a lie or caught intentionally misleading the New Zealand public, how would you expect to be held to account?
7: Well, I actually believe that it is possible to exist in politics without lying. But
5: he didn't say that. He said if you are caught in a lie, how would you expect to handle that or whatever it was? <laughs> <laughs> listen,
7: listen. I actually believe that it's No, it
5: no the back, say the back, I mean, misleading the New Zealand public. If you have been caught in misleading New Zealand public, well, then what'd he say?
1: How would you expect to be held to
5: And she didn't answer it. So how would you expect to be held to account? That's the question, and she avoided it by saying this, and he didn't pull her up on it.
7: Well, I actually believe that it is possible to exist in politics without lying.
5: No, he didn't say that. He said, if you are caught in a lie... So just imagine if you were, it's hypothetical. She should have probably said, well, that's hypothetical, you know. Not, uh, I don't know. Anyway, I, she, she said, if you are caught in a lie, that's what he said. If you're caught in a lie, how would you expect to blah, blah, blah? And she said, well, I think it's a, what is it? It's OK. to. I think you can exist in politics without lying. It was absolute bullshit, wasn't it? She told lots of lies.
6: We drum in that messaging around yeah. the dangers of COVID pretty diligently for a full two-week period of sustained propaganda.
5: She said sustained propaganda. Sustained propaganda is not true. That's a lie. So she sort of said one thing and then does another, which is what these leftist women do, isn't it?
6: Sustained propaganda.
5: Yeah, sustained propaganda. There this it is. This is the Liberty NZ oh. breakfast. Oh, there we go. Uh, now, we've got uh, Melanie Phillips. Where are you, Melanie? Oh, here. Come on. This is. She's a wonderful lady. She was the editor of The Guardian, Uh, years ago. Uh, She's a Jewish woman and uh, she's going to tell us all about anti-Semites.
6: Anti-Semitism has always been present, always will be present. But in a society which is healthy, it's kept right under the rug. It's kept under control. It's regarded with derision and disdain. It's stigmatised. It's kept down. That's a healthy society. That's a society that wants to live. A society which has turned on itself Which has turned against reason itself, which has turned against decency, is a society where anti-Semitism roars out unchecked, and that's what we have. And that's one of the most one of the single most alarming things, I think, about Western society at the moment, that the anti-Semitism that is engulfing these societies doesn't isn't just in itself despicable and awful and dangerous and horrible. It's a signal that this society is going over the cliff
5: going over the cliff there she is Melanie Phillips uh, she was the editor of the Guardian I believe and she's still writing today you'll find her on, online Melanie with an IE on the end here's Scott Ritter uh, with his uh, wonderful documentary Agent Zelensky all about the agent in the British link here yes, Scott Ritter
4: we had a meeting at the MI6 office. Unfortunately, I can't disclose all the information. It's a matter of state
8: affairs. Autumn 2020. Ukrainian media accidentally, or maybe not, learned about Zelensky's secret meeting with Richard Moore, the head of MI6. Not just anywhere, but at the headquarters of British intelligence service. According to the president, The meeting was about protecting Ukraine's sovereignty. Everyone understands. The MI6 office gave the president of Ukraine a precise directive. The thing is, after the Maidan in 2014, there are quite a lot of Ukrainian opposition media. Obviously, they were preventing the creation of an image of Russia as an enemy to Western countries. It was decided to end the dissenters with Zelensky's hands. And to prevent the president from getting bored and to help him practice English, he was surrounded by British security. This was in the spring of 2022, in the midst of war. bucha look at these scenes. Do you see a patch on the sleeve of one of the guys near Zelensky?
3: Oh, the
8: Ukrainian flag is upside down. A local would have been shot on the spot for this. But this guy is okay. Do You know why? Because he has the right to. He is a foreigner, like everyone else around Zelensky. In fact, judging by the pronunciation, They're British.
4: As we can see, Zelensky's security team consists of Brits. Quite marvelous because we have the so called Ninth Administration, the President's security, with 1,800 professional military guys, special forces, and combat swimmers.
8: Well, not surprising. Firstly, UK intelligence services most likely helped Zelensky with the theatrical staging in Bucha. Secondly, The British follow every step of their agent, even during the meeting with the Pope. Oh, this episode deserves special attention. It seemed to me like a meeting between a priest and a devil. Judge for yourselves. Zelensky went to the Vatican in a black sweatshirt with the emblem of the UNO, Ukrainian Nationalist Organization. He gave the Pope an icon with a black silhouette instead of Christ which is outright Satanism, according to church Canons. He plopped into a chair before the host. For those unaware, this is a gross violation of etiquette, and he didn't pay much attention to Pope Francis's peaceful initiatives. Italians considered that route. I'm sure this whole comedy was a distraction. The central communication of Zelensky took place not in the Pope's office, but in the next room, without the involvement of Pope Francis, but with the participation of the Minister of Foreign Affairs of the Holy See, archbishop paul richard gallagher a native brit whose cardinals are conducting powerful propaganda in ukraine the ukrainian president spoke with gallagher for almost an hour and a half but the main detail is that the head of mi6 richard moore was also present at the meeting in the vatican maybe this fact explains the record-breaking motorcade of the leader of independent ukraine over 20 cars
5: there he is. Now, that is Scott Ritter, and you'll find that Agent Zelensky, I think it's called, and you can find the link to that over at Counterspin Media, and you find them at, if you just Google it, and you'll watch out for all the, the nonsense on the, on the online. But it is uh, just just remember this, counterspinmedia.com. Go there and look under videos, and you just go back a little way, and you'll find they actually interviewed Scott Ritter. And, uh, of course, there's some trumped-up charges there. If you go on Wikipedia, uh, there is some charges. He actually spent, I think, about 10 years in prison. Uh, he was a former weapons inspector, and uh, they had him up on some sort of a sexual thing. And uh, of course, uh, he, he, I don't, I don't believe that uh, that was actually true. They do that; these people, they will lock you up, especially if you're a whistleblower, and that's what he is. And they'll probably do the same to our our good man, our hero, the New Zealand man of the hour, uh, man of the year. Oh gosh, man of the decade. I don't think we've had a, a man as uh, brave as Barry uh, uh, Barry Young. Who's the whistleblower? And they said, you know, made him sound like he was a street, you know, a, a sort of a toilet cleaner for the Ministry of Health, just a worker. Uh, no, he's a highly qualified man. I think he's got a degree uh, in science or some something like that. And it's all from memory now. I should write things down before I open a trap. But anyway, uh, he is a senior analyst with uh, the Ministry of Health, and he tried to warn them. He said, "We've got problems." Here. He's been doing it for the last two years. Since the rollout of the jab, and uh, so really it looks as though it's sort of looking looking like that uh, the government are uh, actually vax murderers doesn't it it looks that way vax murderers they've been murdering us, and uh, some people say that there could be i think it was John Ansell who said uh, mentioned a figure uh, I think it's one one and uh, one in a thousand is it one in a thousand I can't remember the figures I'll go and have a look and I'll bring it to you a bit later on, but it looks as though. Uh, could be up to as many as 12,000 people here in New Zealand that have actually been murdered by by the state, murdered by the state with this jab, and then they're trying to make out. And of course, then the you, then you've got to think about all the the people that, that you know that have been um, uh, injured by it. People like Tracy Hodgkin, uh, terrible. You know, they're trying to make out that she's um, she was faking it, and uh, many people. And there's another fellow as well, the the bodybuilder, the actor, bodybuilder type guy. Uh, he was sort of shaking and you know a lot of people a lot of people topping themselves as well. You have cancers are just going crazy cancers because they forced you, didn't they? They forced us, you couldn't even drive the truck, couldn't drive the truck into into the business because the business were all sort of in cahoots with the government. the government's obviously obviously giving backhanders or you know if you if you do this if, if you follow our rules, uh, we can't do it because it's against the Bill of rights, but if you do it, you can because you're a corporation and we <laughs> Bill of rights don't apply to you, but if you do it, you can force them. And if you do it, we'll make it lucrative for you. And I think it's all going to come out. Of course, when the good Lord returns, it'll all come out. The Lord will be standing there naked as a jaybird uh, before their creator, and they'll have to give an account for their wickedness, for their wicked ways. And all these people that uh, thought that they were just uh, you know, lining their own pockets, uh, what did Jesus say? He said, for the love of money is the root of all evil and so that's what they did that's what's been happening and he's he's done it so people say well who's in charge well i suppose it's the devil who's in charge really if you think about it eh he's the one uh, whoever uh, i don't know what what is his name it used to be lucifer didn't it? And then they cha- changed his name, got cast down to the earth. And uh, wow, now we live in this place. It's his domain. And you would expect things to be a bit wonky, wouldn't you? Because the Bible says that the whole world lies in the lap of the evil one. And uh, we're here. We're just um, people that are Christians. And you know we, we are just a passing through. We're just pilgrims on our way. This This world is not our home. We're just passing through. And, uh, you know, how does it go? If heaven's not my home, oh Lord, what will I do? Sort of like that. Uh, So, yeah, so that's what they've done. They've paid $55 million plus a heck of a lot more. Oh my goodness, you wouldn't believe how much more money uh, they were paid. The media, and of course you've got to have the media on your side when you're a uh, communist. Uh, and even if you're a fascist, which we've got now, we've got fascists in control now. We've got the the labour. This is the the it's the globalist vulture, as um, Samantha Edwards tells us, uh, that it, it is. We've got the right wing now of the globalist vulture. Uh, we've got uh, Winston Peters hanging on to the 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 claws, the talons there, and you've got uh, the ACT Party. He's he's the tail feathers. And uh, over on the left there you've got Hipkins looking a bit limp, so they're sort of flying around in a circle at the moment, especially with the whistleblower that's uh, popped up, uh, making it very difficult for them, actually, isn't he? And they're doubling down them, aren't they, still wanting you to get jabbed, Of course you know anyone that's got half a brain wouldn't uh, wouldn't have a bar of it because we've all you know we we know now, don't we? And so what they'll probably do is there'll be a big cyber attack, old Klaus will invent a cyber attack. And uh, so, and then they'll shut down the internet so that they can stop us uh, jibber-jabbing with each other. That's what they'll do, I would say. Uh, There will be a, definitely, I think that's what he'll do. Uh, uh, That would be the next thing. uh, What was it? The COVID didn't work, did it for him? Not really. I mean, in New Zealand, only ten or 12,000 people slaughtered, murdered, -murdered. vax-murdered. It rhymes with axe murderer. That's John Ansell. He's a clever, he's a He's a former advertiser. Well, I think he, well, he's probably retired. Uh, advertising executive. Uh, he has well, worked for the big ones, Saatchi and Saatchi, those sort of people, and also out on his own. And he's um, he's also uh, they've asked him. He's sort of prostituted himself <laughs> to uh, all the the main parties, uh, which is a bit naughty. Even the Greens, I think, even did, did something for them, uh, social credit or something. But uh, no award winning. and I think it was David Longie. The um, David Longie. I can smell the uranium on your breath, um, David Longy, and uh, God rest his soul. And he uh, said that if it wasn't for uh, John Ansell, they might not have won. They certainly contributed to them winning the election. And that was old John. So that's how clever he is. And he uh, said to me, confided to me, don't tell anyone, but it could be as many as 12,000 people. We just do not know. And I'll bring you the figures, actually, but you're not to tell anyone. Don't share this broadcast with anyone else because... I'll be really in the poop. They could come and get me, and uh, but I'm ready to go. You know, if the co- the cops come and get me, I'm just not looking forward. I don't want to go to a police cell because apparently it's they four four by six or something, and uh, very not very nice. But if um, you want to go to the actual prison itself, it's a lot nicer, a lot more comfy. They give you a blanket there, but if you end up in a police cell, it's not so good. I, I was speaking to a chap who was locked up in the police cell uh we was at Hamilton or somewhere, and he said, Oh, it's not so nice. Uh just a bit of canvas stretched over. Uh your canvas is the you know, sort of like a under sheet pulled over a uh you know, one of those cheap um, mattresses that you get from I don't know, what are they what are those places called? Um uh, you know the um Oh, you know, they sell a of rubber, you know, something like that. And you sleep on that, no blanket, and uh it smells of piss and poo. And they don't clean it properly. It's terrible, he said. And you you just go nuts, nothing to read, nothing, nothing. They give you nothing. Solitary confinement there. And this poor fellow told me he spent three days there. He said he just about went nuts because he likes to chit-chat, you know, jibber jabber. Uh, I don't know. You don't know how you're going to react, do you, until you're thrown into these places. But anyway, uh, I think that that he might just try and pull off – this is Klaus – because he's just a little – Little tiny cog and the big, the big um, machine that's running, isn't it? The big, great, big um, globalist bird, the the Bible. I think the Bible. I think that's what Jesus said when he said, "The mystery of iniquity doth already work." And I think the mystery of iniquity. We don't really know who it is we're fighting against. It's what they call fifth generation warfare. I think uh, Doctor Robert Malone called it fifth generation warfare. We don't know who it is we're fighting with. I might dig out old Robert, uh, Dr. Robert, and uh, we'll hear from him. But here's Klaus telling us what he's got planned for us next.
9: We all know, but still pay insufficient attention to the frightening scenario of a comprehensive cyber attack, which would bring to a complete halt to the power supply transportation, hospital services, our society as a whole. The COVID-19 crisis would be seen in this respect as a small disturbance in comparison to a major cyber attack. To use the COVID-19 crisis as a timely opportunity to reflect on the lessons of cybersecurity Community, can draw and improve our preparedness for a potential cyber pandemic.
5: So there we are, a cyber pandemic. Oh yes, so it's all planned, isn't it? We use the COVID as the springboard. The springboard. Yeah. So they're so arrogant. They they have Klaus as a frontman, and ah, uh, oh, it's just unbelievable, really. I've got Douglas McGregor coming up next, and uh, but he's not really. Not really. I haven't really done a good, very good job of getting him to come up next, but I will do. I've got, I've got him coming. He's coming up. He's going to, ch- to chit chat on for about 19 minutes, but I'm not going to let that go. I find that he's good for the first five minutes, and then I've just about had enough of him. And he clears his throat the whole time, like that, and uh, just continuously. You know, he needs to get a little switch on this microphone. So that's what I do. If I'm about to cough, I go. <gasps> And you'd never know that I just croaked in front the microphone. Oh, gosh, what's that? I have to wipe it all off now. Uh, anyway, Douglas McGregor's coming up at 26 minutes to six, and uh, and I, but I wanted to just let you know what's happening with the front page of the news. Now, uh, Police Commissioner uh, Acosta, Acosta, he has responded to the letter from the minister at Sol Mitchell. Uh, Police Commissioner Andrew Acosta, he says that he is committed to meeting the new government's expectations for a crackdown on the gangs. Yeah, right. And the vegans right across New Zealand, they're rarer than you might think. <laughs> I love these writers. <laughs> they're so clever. Um, and there, is this, there, there are very few true vegetarians in New Zealand, and vegans are about as rare as a steak uh, before it even hits the grill, according to a new study. And also, if you watch the skies, there's going to be spectacular meteor over New Zealand next week and while the meteor showers are not uncommon on tuesday night next week the event promises to be absolutely truly unique so that'll be good won't it now there's a hunt on as well for the remote southern uh, great white shark there's a missing tags fallen off the shark what does it look like it's a funny looking thing uh, so imagine trying to find a needle in a haystack eh <laughs> Uh, But the needle is 6-inch satellite transponder, that's what it is, and it's in the haystack, and the haystack is the beach. Imagine that, covered in a mussel shell. So they're they're out there trying to find a transponder that actually looks, sort of resembles a mussel shell as well. Scientists, they map the damage that cyclones can create. They're out there doing that, including what we can't see. From the reefs to rugged hillsides, scientists have been mapping the damage caused by Cyclone Gabrielle to help Help uninform, uh, sorry, inform, not uninform, help disinform, no, no, help inform future decisions about where to build and how storms should impact the environment. So that's uh, all that, um, they call that, uh, what are they going to do? So it's called um, retreat. So they want us, so what they're going to do is they're going to uh, flood the beaches, all that sort of stuff, you know, all this um, man made stuff, I suppose, you know, a point the Point the old cyclones towards you. I don't know. I don't know if I believe that, but that's what that's that's what you know. That's what the conspiracy people are telling me. They say that. I mean, goodness me. I mean, this will probably with they say they've got sequestration machines that can actually suck the carbon out of the air and put it. They put it in containers, and they keep it away from us. They don't want us to be able to grow things. And I think they're doing it. And I will tell you why. My tomatoes. When I used to have tomatoes, I used to be very good at tomatoes. But at their last before I before I turned full full bore carnivore. <laughs> and just eat meat, you know, meat, real men's food. And uh, when I started just going on, before that though, before the the meat, uh, I have cheese and milk and butter and stuff like that as well. So I'm, you know, proper carnivore. Um, not just, I mean, it's a bit boring, isn't it? Eat meat, mince meat all day, wake up in the morning, what are you having on oh, mince meat? It's quite, in a way, it's quite good. My daughter, she's turned, she's turned carnivore as well. She said, Dad, I can't believe it. I can't believe how I feel. I've lost all this weight. I look great. And she's got a pretty great figure anyway. My daughter, and uh, of course she takes after a father. He <laughs> of course, they don't say that we have figures anyway. Now I've gone off. Now I was I was walking down this track telling you a story, and then I sort of saw a rabbit, <laughs> and I've chased after the rabbit, and I can't find my way back to the track, and because I was actually deer hunting, and now I've gone on and chased the rabbit, haven't I? Because now, as you get older, you can't find your way back to where you were. Uh, this is I'm talking about th- thoughts, and uh, so now I can't remember what I was talking about uh goodness now i'll just go back to the news here so it's about the scientists what we're talking about reef rugged hillsides mapping cyclone gabrielle um managed retreat uh they want us to i'll just go back to that because i've just got completely side that does happen uh, it is 23 minutes i think yes about around about 24 minutes to uh seven o'clock now six o'clock gosh i'm oh, gosh that's why i'm feeling tired Got out of bed too early. Um, anyway, so I think that what they're doing with this managed retreat, I think they are actually um, sending terrible storms to us. I think they want to scare the pants off us. I mean, maybe they're not. Maybe it's just you know just a cycle. That's what Piers Corbyn said. He's an astrophysicist over there in the UK. He's the brother of that other half-wit leftist uh, politician. Can't remember his name. Another Corbyn. But this guy's quite bright. And we had him on the programme yesterday, didn't we? Piers Morgan. Not Piers Morgan, Piers Corbin. Yeah, I, I always get confused between the two. They're totally different. One's lovely, and the other ones, the other ones, a terrible interview. Oh, yeah, actually, he's getting quite good. He was interviewing Andrew Tate. Gosh, he put up with him. I would have, I wouldn't have tolerated Andrew Tate. I think the man's a lunatic. I used to think, oh, he's maybe he's all right. And sometimes I used to play a few things from him. Some of the things seemed all right, but now that he's gone nutty, he's gone full on Jew hate he's a Jew hater, he's a Muslim, he's turned a Muslim, what a half foot, why would you do that? Wouldn't you check to make sure the book you were following actually didn't have any errors in it, you know, like actual provable errors and contradictions? Wouldn't you do that first? Wouldn't you check it out just to make sure, if you're going to put your trust in a book, um, what's the what's the book he reads? Mine can't. No, not mine can't. Um, the Quran. Before you, of course, you really be careful here, um, because they'll cut your head off if they can't. You say anything about their about Allah. Like if you if you told the truth and said that Allah is a paedophile, uh, that he married a six year old girl Aisha and then had sex with her uh, when she was nine. He waited till she was nine, so that was good. Um, but if you said that. Well they wouldn't they can't really lie about because that, that's the, that is the truth. But if you said, you know, um if you said Allah is a, is it Allah? Not Allah, uh, Muhammad, Mo, old Mo Moham <laughs> If you said that he is a pedophile, uh you'd be in big trouble. Uh they would uh, probably come after you with a with the butcher's knife. And a friend of mine, he's uh, he's ready for them. He's got a T-shirt, and it says because um, he's gone to be with the Lord now. But he did he did have uh, it. His, his name is uh, Reuben, and Reuben had a T-shirt, and it had a, little, a dotted line around the top of the T-shirt there, and then underneath it had cut here, you know, <laughs> like when you you pay the bill at the power board in the old days, you'd you'd have a have a serrated edge, just like a dotted line with a serrated sort of what do you call it, perforated that's right, a perforated sort of a piece you'd tear that off and you'd. You write the check out. They don't do checks anymore. But anyway, he's got this cut here. He's ready for these Muslims to come uh, because um, the the Lord took him home early. So he's gone to be with the Lord. But anyway, looking for a um, – that's what they, what they want to do with the cyclones and all that sort of stuff. I think, I think they're trying to scare us, isn't it? It's going to get really bad. Piers Corbin says no. They come and go, these events. It's all to do with the sun and the moon. The only thing is that um, – that we just so happen to be here at the same time as all the stuff's happening, but they're pretending that it's climate change, that it's something that's going to get worse and worse, you know, and uh, because they just really want to take this, take all the land off you. So they're not insuring a piece of, um, properties that are on the beach, you know, close to the water, uh, that sort of stuff won't give you insurance for it, and um, you know, if you have been hit by some sort of a bad storm, you know, they're not, they won't let you go back to the house to fix it up yourself. Uh, they they red flag it or whatever it is, they put a sticker on it, and you can't go there. You get fined, um, and so it's managed retreat. So what they want to do is they want you off the land and off all the beautiful areas where the the wealthy people are going to live, the bill gates of the world. You know they've got they've got bunkers over here, they've got places down in Queenstown where they're going to be living when things get a bit rough. It's going to get rough, and uh, then once it's all sort of sorted out, and we're all living in the in our in our um, prison cities. That they've got planned for us. They call them smart cities, They do that. Anything that's going to be really just awful, <laughs> they they put it, give it a nice, flash name. You know, like the smart car, the smart car. You know, that's it's the smart thing to do. So it's all the psychological. It's all these hidden persuaders. So they're going to convince you that you to live uh, to to. Move away from the country because you won't be able to. You even afford. You won't be able to farm your animals on the hills because that's all going to be changed. There, you'll have to get permission from the regional council before you can even run some stock over the hills, uh, because they they're saying that's to do because they don't want the poo going down, washing down into the rivers into the waterways and all that sort of stuff. And they're going to then they'll say, oh, okay, well I'll, I'll just uh, farm them on the flats. And they goes, oh no, you've got to have a ten meter space between. Uh, the little stream that runs half the year—if <laughs> that just runs a little bit for a couple of months over the winter—yep, you've got to have you've got to have a, you've got to have a, a fence ten metres out from that stream either side. So there you so Oh gosh, so there you go. So you find you actually, and then the rates are going up and up and up because the council are diverting those mo- that money that should be going into uh, you know things like services and you pay all this money, huge rate bills, and they're diverting your funds into black ops. They're diverting it into other things. Uh, they haven't told you about, you know, things like sustainable development and and all that sort of stuff. And you know, they're spending billions of dollars or hundreds of millions of dollars of our money uh, on things uh, that are uh, that we haven't, we don't even know about. You know, people like Michael Laws have told big fibs and said that you're a, you're a blimmin' liar, Michael. You told you told uh, people that you uh, didn't know anything about uh, Agenda 2030 that uh, Jacinda was been following. She was following that old Jacinda, Dame Jacinda. And uh, you you said that you didn't know anything about, it. never heard of it, but you have. You actually did. You'd signed up your council in Whanganui when you were the mayor, uh, and you we, we wearing your makeup and your your, your women's underwear uh, underneath, and no one saw. But um, you signed up to Agenda Twenty Thirty. Uh, the the twenty thirty agenda as is, as um, is, uh, Jacinda like to call it the twenty thirty agenda no she she called it, yes we've called, we've signed up to the twenty thirty she said that at a meeting uh, one of those Bill Gates type meetings there and uh, no one of course no one believes us don't they so oh, you could it's a conspiracy theory no no she said it and so every council in the country has signed up to the. A 2030 agenda, and that's uh, not a very good agenda, and it looks alright, you read it, and you think oh, that sounds really good, or oh, sustainable development, green all that, good for the environment, but it's really got nothing to do with the environment, it's all about, it's all about taking the land off individual people, and getting you to own nothing and be happy uh, living in a smart city, which is going to turn into a very dumb ghetto, because they're going to put you in there with all sorts of people that you just do not get along with, and uh, so you'll be forced to live in these places and then you'll be forced to take an identity mark uh, the Bible tells us in the end where it's going to go. Is in the end, eventually, uh, probably just be a card to start with. Probably on the phone. Uh, maybe you just have your phone. You carry your phone around. Uh, but then your phone will be useless because you, be <laughs> you won't be able to do much with it. And so they'll just uh, sort of put a little chip in you, I suppose, or something like that, under the skin. And we know that um, we know that it's not going to be on the skin. All the all the all the fake vo- versions, all the corrupt Bible versions, they say it's going to be on the skin. That the Antichrist when he arrives. And he's not far away. He's in the wings waiting, waiting to turn up. I'd say he'd be well and truly alive. The old Antichrist just sort of waiting there to take over all of Europe. And um, he is going to cause uh, you people, not me, because I won't be taking it. I'd rather have my head cut off. Uh, you're going to have a mark in your right hand, not on, in your right hand, and in. Your forehead, like they do with the dogs, they chip them, don't they? Might be a chip, might be something else. And I would think it's going to medicate you as well, because the Bible tells us all those people that take that mark, that mark of the beast there in Revelations, the last book of the Bible, chapter 13, all those people that take that mark, they receive noisome sores. And if you can look up noisome, it says smelly, stinking sores. Now, why would you get sores? Well, that's because something's been injected into you, something's been inserted into you, or you've eaten something. Something's gone into your body It's not some germ that you picked up in the air They don't exist The only time you get sick is Things aren't right in your body And you can have them put into you And anyway, so only the people that take that mark Get these smelly sores And that's because uh, it's not been so good It's been a bit like the, the, the vax murder And this one, they'll keep you alive barely You'll be eating lots of carbohydrates You'll, You can live on carbohydrates You'll be living on peasant food Rice and stuff like that Rice and uh, and uh, what well, other some other sort of peasant food uh, well, probably uh, crickets or something like that. They'll have you living. You won't be eating meat. No, the meat is for for the wealthy, for the billionaires of the world, for the for the for the um, half a billion people left. Because the idea is to get rid of around about eight and a half billion of you. There's just far too many of you. And uh, but we keep a few worker worker bees, and that. They, but they'll have to have a mark in their right hand and in their forehead, and so that when they go shopping. They walk up the road because no one will be able to drive anywhere. And you probably won't even, be, you won't, there'll be no electric cars for you. That's not for you. That's for the rich people. because We don't have the infrastructure for a start. We wouldn't be able to charge them all up. And uh, so we might give you, if you're a good if you are a good person, some of the people might in plug their scooter in, you know, the old lime scooter. That's why they're out there now. That's why they're all over the show now, getting used to the idea. You know, they'll let you ride them without a crash on it. Once upon a time, they wouldn't let you do that. They'll let you ride them on the footpath and everything. You don't get fined or anything like that. What's that all about? Boy, we used to get told off for riding our bikes on the footpath. And then they started putting crash helmets on kids. The kids had to have a helmet on. But now they'll let these people, anyone, they'll let them ride without a, without a helmet. Uh, and so I thought, what's well, that's a bit strange, isn't it? I thought we were supposed to be like health and safety. But no. No, they'll let you do that. What's that? All that's all just getting you used to the idea of, of um, that's the form of transport that you're going to have. And that's all you'll need. Uh, you, like, you can either walk on Shanks's Pony, that's your own two feet, uh, and you just walk from home for, in the smart uh, building, they'll give you a nice little tiny house. They're getting used to living in a tiny house. That's why the, the tiny house movement's all a bit of a rage, isn't it? Just getting you used to the idea of tiny and how cool it is and wow, you know, and um, living in a little tiny house there. But you'll be in a in a smart city like a high-rise building. Uh, these smart cities are being built all over New Zealand. Now they're starting to do that, uh, they, and they'll be huge. You should see there's one in the, one in, um, in the Middle East, they're a huge one, Big, high, shiny thing. Um, it's got a name. Joe Rogan was on the um, on the telly. Not the telly. He was on YouTube or something. Um, one of those little TikTok. I don't know. One of those things. Uh, telling, Talking to a chap. Swearing. you always says F word, isn't he? Oh, f word every three or four words. Chucks at him. Talking about the smart city. They are going to turn into a dung, dumb ghetto. And that's where we're going to be living here in New Zealand. Every council in the country has signed up to that. Five minute, ten minute. 15 and 20 minutes. Now, to find out about those and just how ugly that could be, because in China they're well ahead of us there. They, during COVID they had people in this sort of smart city type thing and they just locked them in. People were starving to death in there. And uh, we didn't know about it. We didn't know. Terrible. And uh, so the place to go would be Counterspin Media once again for Media. Oh, but I don't like Kelvin Alp. Well, that's just too bad, isn't it? You don't like him. What, you don't like his attitude? You don't like his tone. But but what about what they're saying? Is it truthful or not? That's what you want to worry about. Don't worry about how people sound. It's not important. Don't worry about the tone. What about the actual signal that they're giving you? That's how, that's what you've got to be thinking about, the signal. That's what Steve Bannon says, and I agree with that. And you go, Oh, I don't like Steve Bannon. Well, it's just too bad, isn't it? Does he does he talk the truth? I don't. I don't care about what people sound like anymore. I'm just listening. What are they saying? What are they saying? Some truth to this or not? Anyway, um, Steve Bannon, truth. Uh, Now, smart cities. Counterspin Media counterspanmedia.com Go there, look under videos Look for Samantha Edwards reports It's one of the early ones, I think She's done about 9 or 10 reports She's got some real big ones coming up, man Uh, Stay tuned Make sure you subscribe to Counterspin Media Because the stuff that's coming up That Samantha Edwards is working on Is going to blow your mind Um, Smart cities anyway She's done one on that And I don't know what the name is But you'll see her there uh, she, you want to watch some of those videos, or if you can't watch them, go go to Podbean. Uh, Countryside Media is on Podbean. There's a link there to the um, to their podcast, and you can listen to them while you're driving from one town to the next. If you're a representative, or if you're in the milkshed, you're milking away, but you can't watch TV. You can listen, can't you? That's the great thing about podcasts. They're marvelous. You put the old, and also I've got some figures here actually for people that listen to us. Heaps of people listen on desktop, so that tells me they get to work. They put their little headphones on. They've got those ones now that are wireless. I don't know if they're very good for you, those um, Bluetooth-type jobbies. They might They might be bad. They might cook your brain. I don't know. But they they might. Uh, so people are obviously at work with that going, aren't they? I mean, I don't think they'll be just playing it out through the speakers in the supermarkets, would they, playing me out? Good morning. <laughs> As you're shopping. Oh, la-di-da-di-da. Um, no, I don't think they would be, you know. But they are on the desktop. Heaps of people listen on the desktop. And while we're at it, I might just... Um, ...say hello to a few people. What are we up to for time? Well, it's 10 to to 6. We're going to have TNT Radio News coming up at 6 o'clock. And to let you know what's going on, they're pretty good. They don't have Patrick Henningsen now at the tail end of every news... Uh, he people say, "Oh, terrible! History. How dare you call him an anti semite?" Well, is because people pretend that they're against Israel, they're against the Zionists, but in actual fact, it's really they just hate the Jews. Uh, sometimes they don't even know it, and people get sort of sucked into this anti Zionism thing because they think that's all the protocols of the elders of Zion and all that, which is just propaganda. It's probably written by the Roman Catholic uh, Cardinal somewhere in the Vatican. Uh, wrote that probably. You just you just cannot you cannot just believe what other people tell you. You actually have to. Um, go and do your own homework. And even when people tell you stuff that's in the Bible, they say, oh, the Bible says this. You go and check it to make sure that it does say what it says that. You say, where exactly is that? All right, okay, that's very good. And and quite often you go there and you think, oh, it doesn't actually say that at all. And uh, I don't know how they could get that out of it. And it's very easy also to take things out of context. Now, we're going over to the analytics, and we're having a look and see where people are. Now, most people are on Android. 31% of people that listen to us actually have an Android. That's uh, over the month. And But 47.7% of people are listening on a desktop. Very few people actually listen to us on um, an iPhone. Only 21% of people there. there. Uh, oh, no, hang on. I've got all my figures wrong. No, I'm all wrong. I was looking at something else. Um, yeah, no about that, anyway. And then others... Uh, very few, less than 10% of people listen to us on others. I don't know what another would be, but there it is. And uh, so we've got a whole heap of you there over in, in New Zealand here, first of all, our listeners, who we've got here today. Other cities, I'm not sure what that is. I don't know. That might be people that have, um, what do they call them? those, uh, um, you know, when you can't tell where you are, um, something rather, PN or something. I know it's hard to tell where people are now because you can put these, Things in, can't you? That, uh, not APNs, what are they called? Those things to stop you, you, know, so, you can, so you can't so you can be tracked, people can't tell where, you, where you're actually looking from. It says other oh, cities, so I guess that's that. Wanganui. good morning to you, listeners there. Wellington, uh, Napier City, Levin, our listeners in Levin are uh, lovely people down there, I think I know who they might be, uh, Christ, some of them. Uh, Christchurch, good morning, and uh, Hamilton, Timaru and Palmerston North. And uh, what else we've got, the United Kingdom Good morning, Uh, good evening I suppose it's good evening over there isn't it We'll be getting on to 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, 5 o'clock Somewhere between 5 and 7, somewhere around there Uh, Good morning to you, I don't know where you're from Over there, I'm in Germany And we've got people in Germany People in uh, Dusseldorf uh, there Hamburg as well and uh, what else have we got there? Denmark. Where are you from? In Denmark, Copenhagen. Good. Good afternoon. Good evening. And good morning. Um, yes. And Ireland. There, Dublin. And uh, there we are, Dublin. Who else have we got? China. Don't be. You got to be joking. You got to be. You got to be jiving me, man. Jiving me. Where's is, Su Sol? is that, I've never heard of that. Place. I'm awfully sorry. Uh, probably could be a Kiwi. Anyway, it obviously speaks English. If they're listening to me, gas bagging, Australia over there, g'day to you blokes in Hobart, oh really, Hobart, Sydney, Perth, and uh, you get more in Melbourne, oh, it could be, I think I know there's a few people over there I know, uh, my old mate Anthony could be listening, good morning to you, what time would it be there, he's up very early Anthony, he gets up like 3 or 4 in the morning, and what are we up to now, 5-2, no probably not him, but that's interesting, isn't it? they would be listening. Maybe they're workers. We've got a lot of workers here in New Zealand that are working away. A lot of truck drivers tune in around about, I noticed they come in there about four, four o'clock, three o'clock, and the truckies get up early. They have a bit of a snooze there, you know, just at the end of the Napier Taupo Highway. A uh, little park-up place there. There's park-up places all over the place. Great respect for the truckies. What a job. What a job! Good morning to you, and also for the dairy milkers as well. Uh, they know apparently the the cows do quite well. They like the country music, but they do particularly well when I come on. There must be something about my, the tone of my voice that gets the girls just milking, and the old um, milk solids tend to do better. So they've they've started to click in. Now they have the you know they've got the laptop there in the in the shed, and they've got the speakers going. So the cows, good morning, girls, morning, girls, morning, Barry, and uh, it's that kind of a thing, I suppose. And uh you know, and they like to know what's going on, the cows, you know, they want to know what the future's gonna be for them, don't <laughs> they? And oh, they can hear us, all right. Don't you worry about that. They can hear us. And I think there'll come a time when uh, when the Lord Jesus returns, there's going to be one thousand year time on earth, where just for a thousand years, well, the old devil is going to be chained up in the bottomless pit with the false prophet and all his other mates, and the the false prophet and the antichrist, they're going to be chained up. There will be no sin on the earth anymore. No more bad stuff happening for a whole thousand years. Coming to a town near you. Uh, it's going. There it might be a bit of a battle, a bit of a war in the Middle East, just in the northern part of Israel, uh, in, a, in a valley called Medigo. Uh, the Jezreel Valley. I think that's where it's going to be. Napoleon said, "What a great spot for a for a battle!" And of course, that's where it's going to be. And all the the European armies there. The leader of the European army is going to be a, a European Jew, I think. A but a bad Jew, a naughty Jew. But like um, but like the one that betrayed Jesus, he'll be him. He'll be actually fully possessed with Satan himself. They'll probably shoot him, and uh, then he'll. Uh, Come back from life. He'll actually revive. They'll revive him somehow. He'll uh, come back to life. You know, about three days later. So before before they actually put him in the grave, he will come back to life. And it's at that point when the devil enters into him. This is what the Bible tells us. This is how we read it. If you just read it the way it says, you know, just read it for yourself. Don't listen to what the uh, all the all the cults tell you. You know, they try and make out it means something else. Uh, when it's clear, it just you know when it says, "And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, to receive a mark in their eye that." So, oh, it doesn't mean that, and they can't buy or sell except they have that mark. Uh, well, that doesn't mean that. No, what it really means it's it, it's the Sunday worship. It means if you all you people that go to church on Sundays. That means that you are. Um, that's the mark of the beast. People that go and work on Sunday, because the Pope's going to make it law that you, you he's going to outlaw it. Says so no working on Sunday. I'll say, oh, <laughs> Sunday, and, and they're actually these Seventh-day Adventists and all the people that have been following after this uh, plagiarizing uh, woman, Ellen G. White, a 19th-century nutcase uh, who believed she was a prophet. She was a false prophetess. And they, they believe her. She's written all these books. She's teaching. The Bible says women aren't to teach. And here she is teaching teaching people. And uh, so they follow this woman. Uh, they do. People like Billy Tikahika. Oh, you're pretty good. You know, he he says, oh, but I'm not a Seventh-day Adventist. No. <laughs> but he follows Ellen G. White. He likes all the stuff that she says. And so they're going to they're going to take the mark of the beast. And I've got people that I know that are Seventh-day Adventists. They're lovely people, wonderful people. They believe That and I think they think we're crazy. You know, they call us Sunday keepers because we don't keep Sunday. (laughs) We don't keep any day. But um, so they uh, they say to us that um, uh, that they say we'll we'll be happy to take a a mark like that, a trading mark. Uh, It's 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 fine because it's not because they we they know they say we know that it's not the mark of the beast, and yet because they say things like um, Babylon. You know, they don't believe that that is the, the, the religious Babylon, the mother of all harlots, the Roman the Roman system of religion. They don't believe that's what it is. They believe that's America, <laughs> that Babylon's America. But uh, that's not really the way it is. And I think Hitler was a bit of a forerunner of what, we, what we're going to get. Uh, the Roman Catholic Church actually promoted him and brought him into power. And uh, so I think it's going to be a bit like that. I think that Hitler was a form of Antichrist, and uh, he was trying to bring in the Fourth right. Right. and of course, it's the old rev- revived Roman Empire, and that's where that's why the old Antichrist is going to come out of that rev- revived Roman Empire. All the wealth of Babylon came down through the Medo Persian empires, and then it went down through to the Grecian Empire, and then the Romans, and the Romans split up into two, and then now it's all that wealth when the hordes of Central Europe invaded Rome. And uh, basically took over all the wealth from Babylon down through the Medo-Persian, through the Grecian, through the Roman Empire into Europe. Now, that is the final world empire, and that's what's going to really become quite powerful. And America is a part of that, probably as well. We we are we we're, we're on the Antichrist side. He's <laughs> he's going to be the the um, the general, a bit like Napoleon, sort of a guy, or Alexander the Great. Uh, but he will be the devil himself after he's shot and killed probably assassinated. And then he rev- is revived. And uh, he's going to be the devil himself in human form in a man's body. It's going to invade him. And he's going to speak great boasts. And, and I think he'll be a Jew. Because only a Jew would be allowed to enter into the temple, and apparently he sets up his image of himself in the temple in Jerusalem. That's why this is all happening in the Middle East, folks. Um, That's why it's all getting exciting there, Uh, because the Lord is about to deal with the Israelis. He's got his people. he's, He's scattered them right throughout Europe. And then he's the Bible says in Ezekiel and many other places, Ezekiel thirty seven, you can go and read it for yourself. He scattered them throughout Europe. They used the Lord's Jesus name as a byword, they just said, Oh, Jesus Christ, but they said it in a bad way, I'm just saying in teaching now. I'm not using his name in vain. And they used it like that all over Europe and all over the world throughout the what they call the diaspora and their unbelief. They do not accept that Jesus Christ is their Messiah, they killed him. So God scattered them right throughout the world and then the Bible says he's going to bring them back into the land in their unbelief, even though they're unbelieving he's going to bring them back into the land A lot of Christians don't believe that They believe the Roman Catholic doctrine of um, replacement theology That the Israel is now the Roman Catholic Church <laughs> uh, I don't think so No, And they're coming back in and then they will eventually They will um, come, come to faith in their Messiah Who is the Lord Jesus Christ But before that happens They will actually follow after the Antichrist He's going to be a fake Christ and pretend that he is Okay, it's right on 6 o'clock and uh, we have TNT Radio News. And right after the news, I will be uh, talking to you. We might have Douglas McGregor then And I was going to have Douglas McGregor, former White House advisor, come on and tell us all about what's happening in the Ukraine. But now we'll have to wait till after six. I'll be back with the weather in just four minutes.
0: TNT Radio News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. The United States intercepted another unmanned aerial vehicle allegedly launched from Yemen in the Southern Red Sea on December 6th. An official said, We can confirm the USS Mason shot down an uncrewed aerial vehicle originating from Houthi-controlled areas of Yemen at 10.20 a.m. December 6 in the Southern Red Sea. There was no damage or injury to U.S. equipment or personnel. In a notable shift in its defense posture, Japan has begun integrating civilian airports into its military operations. This development, a direct response to the evolving security dynamics in the Asia-Pacific, follows the Japanese government's adoption of key national defense security documents last year. The strategy aims to bolster Japan's preparedness against potential conflicts, aligning with its proactive diplomatic efforts to deter war. A striking example of this new approach was witnessed on November 13th at Oita Airport, Konosaki Peninsula. Moments after a commercial flight from All Nippon Airways touched down, the runway welcomed an unusual sight for F-2 fighter jets from the Japanese Self-Defense Forces. These jets, after refueling along commercial planes, promptly resumed their journey from Haneda International Airport. This unprecedented use of a civilian facility, operational for over half a century, sparked curiosity and concern among local residents. Questions arose about the future role of Oita Airport in military operations, highlighting the public's intrigue and apprehension about this strategic shift. Oita Airport isn't alone in this transformation. Since mid-November, similar activities have been conducted at other civilian airports across Japan. This nationwide initiative involves rapid landing and takeoff drills, sometimes including refueling operations. A military helicopter carrying seven people vanished Wednesday near Guyana's border with Venezuela with authorities saying there was bad weather in the area and stressing there was no indication it may have been hit by hostile fire as tensions escalate between the countries. Two crew members aboard the helicopter were taking five senior officers on an inspection of troops guarding a border area that Venezuela claims as its own, according to Army Chief Brigadier General Omar Khan. Venezuelan troops with heavy equipment and machinery have been amassing on the border in recent weeks, leading to speculation of an imminent invasion. Guyana's president, Ali, told the Associated Press earlier Wednesday that he was taking all necessary steps to defend his country. Mr. Khan told reporters late Wednesday that Guyana's defense force lost contact with a brand-new Bell 412 EPI aircraft after it took off from Olive Creek settlement in western Guiana, following a refueling stop. Asked if the aircraft was shot out of the skies it flew in a mountainous and heavily forested area, Mr. Khan said there was no indication that occurred. An unusual tropical cyclone may threaten the Queensland coast by early next week. A region in the state's north has been identified as the area most at risk of impact after tropical cyclone Jasper strengthened to a severe Category 3 system on Wednesday. It's forecasted to strengthen into a Category 4 on Thursday and possibly Category 5 by Thursday night as it slowly moves south after developing over the Solomon Sea. Jasper is not only the first tropical cyclone of the season, but it's also believed to be the first to form off Australia in December during an El Nino. Prime Minister Rishi Sunak directly responded to Suella Braverman's Rwanda bill test in a speech aimed at quelling disquiet in this party over immigration. I will not allow a foreign court to
10: block these flights. If the Strasbourg court chooses to intervene against the express wishes of our sovereign parliament, I will do what is necessary to get flights off. And today's new laws already make clear that the decision on whether to comply with interim measures issued by the European Court is a decision for British government ministers and British government ministers alone. This
0: has been James O'Neill with your TNT News Brief. We'll be back with another news break at the top of the next hour.
5: Okay, that is... uh... James O'Neill, isn't he? He's lovely, isn't he? Lovely chap. I like him. I like him. It's really nice not to have James. Oh, look at that! If you're over on the uh, the video, look at the beautiful horses there. I thought I would put a few horses on for people to have a look at. I'll, I'll leave them on there for you. So if you're listening on the uh, on the apps there, because most of you have to listen on the apps because you're driving or working or whatever, and you can't watch things. But later on, you could go over to. Oh, and no, I'll get rid of that. I got an ad. Just come on there. Um, if you go over to Rumble We've just, got a, we just started a wee channel over there And we've got uh, about 67 people So it'd be really nice if we had a few more listeners <laughs> A few more followers, not too many But I do it because it's quite handy To um, have a stream running there And uh, yeah, well I do it I don't, We'll see how we go um, yeah, I used to have a massive channel at the YouTube But that was all taken down right in the early days With Liberty NZ, they took that down pretty quickly And, uh, yeah, a lot of censorship went on right at the very beginning there. Nasty stuff, nasty stuff. When we had um, uh, Dame Jacinda, she was running. And remember when she said anyone who is not vaccinated right now will not be able to enjoy the freedoms of other New Zealanders? Remember that she said that? Well, that was uh, was a while ago now, but it was on Friday the 22nd of October in 2021, she said that, and uh, it was scary. they were scary days, weren't they, I, I, fe- I felt they were scary, scary days, there we are, um, did you get sucked into it at the very beginning in 2020, did you think, I, I kind of did, uh, even though I was trained as a homeopath, you know, back 20 years ago, uh, I sort of, oh gosh, there's a little rabbit, oh, no, he's a hare, oh, he's a big one, another one. Oh, let me go and get him. I'm just gonna. I, I want that uh, rabbit there. Uh, so what am I going to do? I just uh, get, uh, let me just play a nice record here. I'll just find a, a long one. Uh, this is. I like this. This is Ashley Munro. Have a listen to this, and then I'll come back with the weather. I'll just shoot this little blighter. Don't go away, mate.
3: and to go from
11: Soviet Union, Russia is not evil incarnate.
5: Never. Was. Hang on, Colonel. Hang on, Colonel. I'm not ready for you yet. It's ten minutes past. Is it? Nearly, nearly eight, nine, nine minutes past, and uh, we're over. It uh, we'll get it better. Better have a look at the weather because I know you guys rely on me <laughs> to tell you the weather. I can't believe it, but you do. And then we'll hear from Colonel Douglas McGregor in a moment. He was a former White House advisor uh, for under the during the Trump administration. Now temperatures, the extreme right across the country. Huacatani. Wha Wakatani there's 16.5 degrees, Alexandra, 5.3, that's the lowest. Tauranga has 31 kilometres of wind now, it's a bit breezy there, not too bad though, is it? No, it's dry right through all the main centres, there is, according to the Met Service, uh, the propagandist there at the Met Service, it is just it, dry, dry as a, a wooden god. Uh, and, and whereas Alexandra is as cold as a barmaid's kiss down there, but it's as dry as a wooden god or a fence post, all over the country at the moment, no rain, and uh, so where you are, I hope. I mean, if I'm not telling you the truth, you better give me a text: o two one seven three two four two three o two one seven three two four two three. Send me a text. Don't ring me right now because I'm on the radio. Uh, and yep, yeah, let me know if it's raining. Let me know if they're telling us fibs because apparently, according to Ian Wishart, they they were hiding the information. Niwa, who sort of work—that's a government department. Work they work hand in hand with um, the Met Service. That's why they don't have weather watch. That's why Philip Duncan's out of a job. Uh, because, they, you know, he obviously doesn't toe the line. He's probably, not a, he's probably not into the climate change nonsense, is he? A bit like our Augie Hour. remember him? He's the um, Canadian fellow that came to live in New Zealand here years ago. Wonderful man, very bright man. He used to be on TV3 giving us the weather. I reckon they topped him. I reckon they killed him. He had a heart attack in Melbourne on his birthday. And uh, they can make you have a heart attack. So, yes, I'm a bit of a conspiracy theorist from time to time. Not always, just every now and then. <laughs> I reckon they killed him. And I, and I tell you, who, I reckon Kerry Mullis, the guy that invented the um, PCR test, I believe they killed him just a few months before the first COVID case came out, before they launched, they fought, launched the fake pandemic, uh, which was, doesn't even exist. It was all just based on numbers and fake PCR tests. They had to get rid of him because... He was a major a major um, opposition to Fauci, who he says doesn't know anything about anything. I might have Kerry Mullis come up. I'll just write that down. Kerry. It's with a K. Oh, hang on. Find a pen that works, Grant. All right. Kerry Mullis. I'll get Kerry on. I think it's with a K. Kerry. Mullis. Mullis. And so we've got Colonel Douglas McGregor. He's up next. And uh, we even make records here. We convert them to records and we play records. Uh, it's a recording of um, Colonel Douglas McGregor, and uh, so he knows what he's talking about. I'm not. I'm not sure. I believe everything he says about Israel at the moment, though. He can't be right about everything. But you know, and you never believe anything you, you, you hear, do you? Believe nothing of what you hear. Nothing. Check it out yourself, and only half of what you see. Uh, so you have got to be careful there. Kerry Mullis. I reckon they knocked him off, and I reckon they knocked off Augie Hour. So you can't believe everything they tell you, uh, especially when it comes to weather and how how the weather works. But I quite like that old. Piers Corbyn, I think he's on the money now the short forecast for Northland this is a new one, just come through just uh, just moments ago, for Northland to Taranaki including uh, Taramanui, they just call it Taramanui down there, also for the Coromandel Peninsula, mainly fine or up there, wherever, you, wherever you're listening from, showers developing in Coromandel and inland uh, Waikato this afternoon, Bay of Plenty to Taupo or Tupu, it's going to be mainly fine weather uh, it's beginning to be fine and they're all known, it's all going to turn to custard. you've got showers coming Oh no! Gosh, thunderstorms as well. Gosh, they didn't tell me this. Thunderstorms in land, though. Oh, don't don't hang out in land. Oh, it is in land, Tarpo. Oh, yeah. oh, well, head for the Bay of Plenty then. That's what I would do. That's going to happen this afternoon and evening. It's going to be some thunderstorms. Oh, that's all right. They tell us they were telling people that they were going to have thunderstorms. They never showed up. I don't think I don't think I've heard a thunderstorm for years. Well, not since last year, anyway. Uh, for Wanganui to tie happy also Wellington, also, and Gisborne and Wairarapa, mostly fine today. Uh, there we go. They say mostly fine. Oh, but there is going to be some isolated showers. So showers in isolated areas. <laughs> no, isolated showers in the ranges this afternoon and evening. Some of them are going to be heavy. So if you're out in the ranges, um, hunting, uh, you know, hunting deer, stalking that sort of thing, just watch out. Uh, it, there may be some heavy showers. So take your Parker along with you, won't you? Your Parker. Do you still use that term today, Parker? Take your Parker. Fourteen past six, and in Fiordland, Nelson, Buller, and uh, top of the South Island. Top of the morning to you in Nelson, Buller, and Marlborough. Also for Western, mainly fine weather, isolated afternoon and evening showers in Marlborough, and Fiordland's going to be rainy day all day. Oh, sorry about that. Canterbury, uh, you're going to be clearing this morning, so it's clearing. And then fine spells. They'll be casting fine spells over you. It's going to be increasing. Increasing uh, fine spells will be casting. And then in Waikato. No, no, no. Otago. How did I get Waikato out of that? Where's Waikato? Not even on the map. Not even on the um, forecast. Otago and Southland, partly cloudy. Scattered showers near the coast. Clearing from Southland this evening. And finally for the Chatham Islands, mainly fine. In amongst the um, scattered showers, it will be fine. In between the, you could just about, I could just make it up. I reckon I could just sit here and I could make the flipping thing up. So um, I'm going to bring you Kerry Mullis. But right now, here's Douglas McGregor. We're not going to play all of it, just the beginning. I find the first few minutes is where you get most of it, 15 past six. You
11: know, Russia is not the Soviet Union. Russia is not evil incarnate, never was. Uh, Ukraine, on the other hand, uh, I think has been the principal victim in all of this because the Ukrainian people were encouraged to see Russia through all the wrong lenses because it was in the interest of this minority to spur uh, on the war in the hopes of weakening, if not destroying Russia. Right. Russia today is more more powerful militarily and, and certainly economically than it's been since the 1980s. And that's largely as a response, a consequence of a response to us and what we did in Ukraine.
1: This is Colonel Douglas McGregor a 28-year veteran of the U.S. Army who has previously served as the senior advisor to the U.S. Secretary of Defense. Colonel McGregor has been an outstanding voice of reason on some of the most complicated geopolitical events around the world. I recently interviewed the colonel and asked him to share his thoughts on the future of Ukraine. In recent weeks, we've seen a massive shift of how U.S. media is now presenting the Ukraine war. Just take a look at this article from the Wall Street Journal entitled, It's Time to End Magical Thinking About Russia's Defeat. It argues that Vladimir Putin's self-confidence is soaring. The Ukrainian counteroffensive has not achieved the breakthrough that would give Kyiv a strong hand to negotiate, while the U.S. has shifted its priorities to the Middle East, and the conflict between Israel and Hamas. Bipartisan support for Ukraine in the U.S. has been upended by polarization in Congress. And as we approach the 2024 U.S. presidential election, the Republican frontrunner, Donald Trump, is seen as a pro Putin ally and most certainly would not support additional funding for Ukraine. Many U.S. politicians have now realized Russia is not losing in what has become a war of attrition. It appears that time is most certainly on Putin's side. In today's video, Colonel McGregor explains how the U.S. miscalculated Russia's invasion, how we overestimated our ability to build up Ukraine, and how this has backfired on America's own economy and ballooned our national debt to over $33 trillion. Today's interview is absolutely essential to watch, as Colonel McGregor is a true American patriot who isn't afraid to say the truth out loud.
11: And our interventions have always distorted The normal dynamics in the region and our argument for being there was well we're bringing everybody goodness and happiness and democracy and prosperity and oh by the way our presence there is stabilizing and preventing conflict well that's all nonsense the opposite has been the case
1: now make sure you watch until the end of today's video as i'll reveal a shocking piece of historical evidence that will completely change your perspective of the ukraine war but before I do, please give me a moment of your time as I want to tell you a personal story. No, about a- I
5: haven't got time. So that we can see what I'm telling you. Your first, that was what, three minutes. That's all you need for Douglas McGregor. Just three minutes. And I don't know who that other guy was. I was off making a cup of coffee. Now, I missed that flippin' hair, didn't I? He, well, as soon as I played Ashley Munro, um, he um, he just turned around and ran around the corner. I you know, I'll get out there in my slippers, you know, with the shotgun. <laughs> Just a waste of time. Oh, did I tell you? I put it on the Facebook. Um, if you have a look at uh, the Liberty NZ Facebook page, you can go in there and follow us or friend us. We friend everybody. Uh, no, we friend. Yeah, we don't like anyone. So, but we friend you. You know, we're not real friends, are we? But you'll see the rat, the possum. This blimmin possum, this mongrel of a possum, has been eating the chook food. He's been doing that for I don't know how long. But I've got I've only got three chooks. So I actually got. Oh, well, I can't really say what I did. <laughs> Uh, not on the radio. Uh, anyway, um, yes, and uh, anyway, so there's just three, or f- I might have four. I, I think there's four chooks. Anyway, but I'm only, I'm not getting that many eggs. And I think there's a possum in there. The possum got into the chook house because I went down last night to, to to lock them in. I thought, oh gosh, it's late, so I thought, oh, just in case it's night time, I took the spotlight with my head, little dickhead on, you know, the little headlamp. Um, people say, oh, "There's that dickhead," and I said. <laughs> <laughs> but I find it's not good enough. You do need a bit more a bit more power, powerful light to shoot the possums. And they've been getting into the, some of the fruit trees because we planted all these fruit trees here because I don't eat anything like that at all now. Uh, so I've sort of lost interest in fruit, fruit and vegetables. But anyway, I went down there and there was this... And I, and I heard that we've got those feeders, you know, and inside the hen house I've got a feeders of water and you a know, place for them to sit up there on perch and um, and I heard the feeder go. And I thought that's funny. It was about half, half past nine at night, and I thought there's no way that they're, they're going to be eating at this hour of the night. They'll be sitting up on their perch, you know, whatever it is that They've got a proper term I can't remember. And, and then I saw this head. And I thought, gosh, that's a huge rat. Must be uh, must be in there sniffing around. And it was a it, I th- it was a possum, big fat possum. And he'd and I built the chook house, and he must have got up on the back there where I pulled the eggs out. There's a sort of a a big um, thing at the back that's outside the chook house, where I just lift it up, and I can just—I think I've got about a dozen laying boxes for them to lay the eggs. And he was on top of that, and then he ran round because I've got water tanks. And I catch water off the roof, and he ran round across the top of these um, couple of two hundred and fifty-liter water tanks, and then, sh- and then then leapt onto a, a sort of a small smallish fruit tree. And uh, which you know so that was hanging, so I took him. I had a shot at him, but I had a I had my shotgun, and I had the long. I've got a one with a long uh, sort of a barrel on it, quite good for shooting things a long way away. And I had a fairly fine choke on it, so that I can shoot something you know about forty meters away and uh, actually get them. And you, anyway, I was too close, missed because <laughs> <laughs> I had this spotlight underneath, you know, and you know, and bang, missed. I, I got it. I sort of got him a little bit. He sort of crawled across the across the ground, then I then I plugged him, I let him get out about or 30, 20, 30 metres away, and I gave him a got him then, and uh, so yeah, there's a photograph of him, and um, all his guts hanging out, <laughs> <laughs> because this is the old shotgun boy, I'll tell you what, when you've got that fine choke on the end of them, they don't spread too much, they're, they're a terrible weapon, boy, I wouldn't want to get hit with one of those, nasty, but anyway, got him, got him, so it cost me f- f- a dollar to shoot the sod, but, um, I don't have the most expensive um, ammunition, you know, I just buy the cheap stuff, you know, bird shot probably. But uh, tell you what, when you're that f- close, it um, does leave a bit of a mess anyway. So he's gone down. So if you go over on the Facebook, you'll see you'll see him. E- he blem was eating the chook food. And I was thought, these chooks are going through too much, I can't afford to eat eggs, you know, because a bag of a 25 kg bag now is costing up to about 30, wow, it's about 30 something dollars, you know, like um. It's $72 now to buy a couple of bag, a couple of 25 kg bags of chook food. Chook food's crazy. You can feed the calves cheap, and that's only about $24 for the calves. But it's all this money. They must be putting some, it must be the mRNA they're putting in it, I suppose. Uh, all the stuff that, you know, that they, um, they, they're they probably poisoning us through the eggs. I don't know. Who knows? I know. You get a bit suspicious, don't you? Where's my tinfoil hat? Oh, I'm out of tinfoil at <laughs> the moment. Anyway, that's what I think. These chooks were. Uh, they weren't eating the food at all. This bloomin' possum was just sitting there. He'd learnt, he stood, he had his front paws on the feeder, and he had his head stuffed in there and eating all the all the chuck food. So why would you bother going out, eating, doing anything else? Now, I don't think he bothered. They don't eat the eggs. I thought I was a bit worried. I thought they might. No, they don't do that. It's the rats that'll do that. you will got to watch out for the rats and, and stoats and all the other things. So I've got some traps around for those, and I've got traps for the possums as well. But I think he was so big and fat, he probably wouldn't have fitted into them lemon and possum trap that I had for him. but anyway, so I got him. so I got him so you'll see a photograph there if you go over and friend us over there we put also if you missed the program this morning, if you missed the early bit, you can see it again. I put normally put the link up uh, which is the Podbean link. but we, we go out on all the podcasts except for iheart, they sort of cut me off right at the very start. Obviously something I said to piss them off. they didn't don't like me and I can't get on even if I try. Even if I try, I can't get on. they just won't just somehow just just will not work. So I might write to them and say, "Look, I'm I'm a nice boy. You know, I don't say anything bad anymore. I'm I've turned over a new leaf." Um, and I think they're starting to. The sun. I feel like they're starting to loosen up a little bit, except for uh, YouTube. They're they're a pack of swines, but very good if you want to know how to change the oil on the Morris Minor, uh, or if you've got a um, you know a Mini or something, a Mini Cooper or something, and you want to know uh, some you know very interesting. Oh, like I've got a, um, a John Deere Gator. I have to have one that's low to the ground, because I'm frightened of flipping the thing over. you know the, so many people get killed on those quad bikes on the hill country. And so I don't buy one of those. I've got one that's quite low. It doesn't have a roll cage on it, though. I might actually put one on. Uh, I've just got to figure out how to do that. But I, I've nearly, nearly tipped it over a couple of times, but that's only, it's only about sort of oh, I'd say I'd be lucky if it's four or five inches off the ground. so I do have to be careful where I go with it, about four or five times over, since the time I've been here, it been about three years. I have had to actually go and get the tractor. Oh, once I actually got the gator stuck, you know, because on some of the hills there, the way the cows, they walk around the side of the hill and they leave these things and, and you know, sort of like, you know, tracks and that. And it, the grass was growing quite long. It was in springtime and it was long grass. So I didn't have enough stock at the time. And uh, I went, I got caught and got sort of straddled there. And I said, I walked down, grabbed the truck and went up with the truck and got stuck with the truck as well. And then I thought, oh, far out. And, what's the, and then I got the tractor. I've got a, I've got a, um, a Kubota, a 95-horsepower Kubota. It's quite reasonable, reasonable size. And I went up and managed to, thank goodness, I didn't get that stuck. I nearly got it stuck this winter, actually, the tractor. Uh, boy, that was lucky. Uh, so, yeah, once you get the tractor stuck, you're really stuffed, don't you, really, until you've got to wait till the, till the winter's over before you can get your equipment back. <laughs> so that's why I'm getting a horse. Uh, so in the winter, I'm going to go back to horse riding again, and it's good for you too. As you get older, uh, the older you get, the, the more you lose your balance. So it's actually quite good to have a horse keep you keep your balance. Uh, I've got an old friend. I was telling the listeners earlier on in the week. I've got a friend who's in his 80s, and he's still doing motocross. Uh, and he goes, I don't know. if I think he does. It's competitive. Old chap in his 80s doing motocross. You'd think, gosh, it'd be dangerous if you fell off that. But he said it's fantastic for the for the um, for the Balance, and he and actually I met him, lovely guy. Him and his wife, I met them. I hope they're still alive after the jab. I hope they haven't been jabbed to death, Uh, vax vax murdered. I hope not. Uh, I must I must give them a ring. Actually, I've got them somewhere in my phone book. Uh, But he sold me the Gator. The um, sold us the um, the John Deere Gator. Fantastic, really fantastic vehicle. Got a (laughs) diesel engine in it. It's actually got one of those uh, Yamna. Yanma, Yanma. I always say it right around the wrong way. I'm always getting told off for that. I always get words confused. Words are a mystery to me. <laughs> you know, whip them around. They said I was dyslexic, dyslexic, or however you say it. And, uh, and I said, oh, nice no, stuff that. My mother said, no, he's not. <laughs> she said, don't believe what they're telling you. Just go and work a bit harder. Just go and read. And I am. I am. I've got some sort of a problem. They said it was when I was jabbed as a child. They said they vaccinated me. Oh, there's a little rabbit. No, let him go. He's too small. You go, you go home to mummy, and eat more greens, and I'll get you in about a couple of months' time, when you're bigger. I let them grow a bit because they are good eating. The rabbits. I'm not sure about hares. They're sort of like rat looking, aren't they? Got rat teeth. Um, you yeah, they they brought them into the country to just for for hunting, for food, for sport. You know, sport and food. This is back in the nineteenth century. They brought them in. The old, the, the old uh, English people. Yeah, bring them in there, have a bit of sport. You know, um, but. They didn't have any foxes, didn't bring foxes and so they used to run after hares and stuff like that, run after the hare. Uh, but rabbits do taste a bit better, I think, especially, you know, not, not too small. Uh, I just chuck them in and pop one of those camp ovens, and then I just throw it in, you put a bit of put this and that with it, and then just pop it in the oven. I've got a gas oven, gas, gas, gas hobs and gas oven. But that'll be a thing of the past too, especially if the, the communist globalists have their way. We won't have any natural gas. So from now on, everything that I build is going to be fire. So it's going to be run by wood because we do have plenty of wood here. They'll make, they'll probably outlaw that, but we'll have to break the law. There, we'll have to just sort of secretly burn things. Make sure the wood's nice and dry so that it doesn't give off too much smoke. We won't get caught, and we're out fairly remote here, so hopefully it'll be all right. Put some note, trespass signs up to so keep keep the uh, keep the communists out. Keep the uh, regional council well away. Anyway, I've forgotten what I was talking about. What was it going to we've got Douglas McGregor. Yeah, so we've had enough of him. We? we got the gist of it, didn't we? And it sounded like there was somebody else there. I was off making a coffee, and someone else was having a, having a chat. So I'll get rid of him. I don't think we need to hear any more from Douglas McGregor. Uh, now, who else have I got lined up uh, for you? I've got Kerry Mullis. Uh, yeah, I definitely want you to hear Kerry. Um, he died just before... So this is just two minutes and he's talking about Fauci. He is the inventor of the PCR test. It's 29 past six. What
12: is it, what, what is it about humanity that, 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 that wants to go to all the details and stuff and listen, you know, these guys like Fauci get up there and start talking. You know, he doesn't know anything really about anything. And I'd say that to his face. Nothing. The man thinks you can take a blood sample and stick it in an electron microscope and if it's got a virus in there, you'll know it. He doesn't understand electron microscopy, and he doesn't understand medicine. He, doesn't, he should not be in a position like he's in. Most of those guys up there on the top are just total administrative people, and they don't know anything about what's going on on the bottom, you know? Those guys have got an agenda, which is not what we would like them to have, being that we pay for them to take care of our health in some way. They've got a personal kind of agenda they make up their own rules as they go they change them when they want to and they smugly like Tony Fauci does not mind going on television in front of the people who pay his salary and lie directly into the camera you can't expect the sheep to really respect the best and the brightest they don't know the difference really i mean i i like humans don't don't get me wrong but basically there is a there is a there's a vast the vast majority of them do not possess the The ability to judge who is and who isn't a really good scientist. I mean that's a problem, that's a main problem actually with science, I'd say in this century because science is being judged by people. Funding is being done by people who don't understand it. Okay, who do we trust? Fauci Fauci doesn't know enough to you know if Fauci wants to get on television with somebody who knows a little bit about this stuff and debate him, he could easily do it because he's been asked. Mm. I mean I've had a lot of people. President of the University of South Carolina asked Fauci if he'd come down there and debate me on the stage in front of the student body because I wanted somebody who was from the other side to come down there and balance my – because I felt like, well, these
5: guys can listen to me, but I need to have somebody else down here that's going to tell me the other side. But, but she didn't want to do it. No, that's Fauci. Now, now also, uh, Mickey Willis, M-I-K-K-I, Mickey Willis – He's got the he's got a terrific video out there. Look out for it. It's called the Great Awakening. Now I know that I know that um, Alex Jones has got one called the Great Awakening. As well, it's a book, but this is a he's a, a writer and director of this particular uh, movie. Now Mickey Willis, he used to be a leftist. He was with um, you know who's that funny guy over there in the United States, um, Bernie Sanders. he he was pushing going along there, and then he realised he sort of woke up, had an epiphany. And woke up. And uh, so now, instead of doing fantastic music videos and all the other stuff he does, he's done this incredible documentary. He's doing quite a few of them. Mickey Willis, M-I-K-K-I Willis. You'll find the link on our website, which is thewireless.nz, thewireless.nz dot nz go over there and you'll find the link to the video and uh so this one is uh, now uh, mickey willis had a brother now i hope this is the one. i hope i've got the right one his brother was a homosexual and uh he said that his brother was killed by anthony fauci and uh, so listen carefully my name is mickey willis i'm a father
10: a husband and
5: an investigative filmmaker
10: I was raised in California by a single mom who did her best to care for four children on her own. As a child of the welfare state, I witnessed firsthand what happens to the psyche and spirit of those who become dependent on government assistance. Had my mother known the difference between a hand up and a hand out, she may have avoided the trap that kept us living on the edge of poverty like so many people are today. Living in fear of losing her welfare assistance, mom remained single and lonely until the day she passed, at 58 years young. Her life was cut short by a combination of toxic cancer treatments and grief. Just 34 days before she passed, her first son, my brother, was killed by a drug called AZT. Hundreds of thousands of innocent people died as a result of that prescribed poison. The pusher of AZT was none other than Dr. Anthony
5: Fauci.
1: The reason that only one drug has been made available, AZT, because it's the only drug that has been shown to be safe and effective.
5: Did you hear that? Safe and effective. That was thirty years ago. More. More than thirty years ago. Safe and effective.
7: Well it's certainly nice
1: <laughs> has been shown to be safe and effective. <laughs> shown to be safe and effective. Well, it's
4: certainly nice to know that the future looks brighter.
10: Thirty years later, there he was again. Same script, same actors, same performance.
12: These are safe and effective
10: products. Knowing what that man had done in the 80s and 90s, I couldn't believe he was still in a position of such power. As the world descended into synchronized tyranny, I began to ask myself, How did they get everyone to go along with this?
5: Great. Oh, Oh, it feels so good. I
10: know. Obsessed with finding the answer, I began studying every moment in recorded history where masses of people devolved into a state of self-destruction. Down that rabbit hole was where I discovered the work of G. Edward Griffin.
2: Again,
10: let me say, welcome to our home. Since the 1960s, Mr. Griffin has been warning the world of the communist plot to overtake America. Yes, I know. Communism.
9: Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall.
10: That thing we've all been told fell with the Berlin Wall.
9: How do you measure such an astonishing moment in history?
10: It was Napoleon who said, history is a lie agreed upon. Ironically... There's no evidence that Napoleon ever said that.
5: No evidence whatsoever. Wow. What about that? Mickey Willis, go and see the whole documentary. It's about one hour and 47 minutes, I think, from memory. One hour and 40 minutes. It'd be the best hour and a half you've... Spent, uh, gosh, I learned a lot from that. And I chopped it all up into little bits and pieces, you know, one minute, two minutes, five minutes, some of them a bit longer, uh, so that I could play it to you dear folk, to my lovely listeners, so that you can get a bit of a snippet, a bit of an idea. Because you haven't got time, have you, to watch all the stuff. People send you stuff. I've got people that just send me stuff continuously. I've even said to one of them, he's quite a close friend, I said, look, you can't keep sending me stuff because I don't have time to watch it all, sending me these long videos. You know, what I prefer him to do is to actually watch the video himself and then tell me what it's about, and then and, I'll, and then you can, I'll play it on the radio. Then I'll be able to know about it, because I'll have time to play it on my, on my breakfast program. And he's got a beautiful voice, John G., and I'm asking him, come on, John, do that for me. But he's just busy sending me stuff, and I just, you know, he's a lovely, lovely chap. Um, but pe- I've got other people, too, that just send me stuff continuously, and I really appreciate it. And I always give them a thumbs up. I thank them for it, but just don't tell them that. have said this, but... Um, really, I'd prefer if they just send me a send me a recording of themselves speaking into the phone, a little MP three, and uh, and then and then cut some bits out. You, know, you can get free you can get free editing software now online, sort of open open uh, source software, and uh, you can record the whole thing and just send it to me. Send me a, send me a half hour program if you want. Go for your life, and I'll play it. I'll play it on the radio. Give everyone's everyone's allowed to. I'll do it on my breakfast show, or even after. I might go from I might go from five till eight. And then you, you can come on after that. So if you if you want to, let me know. Send me a text or an email. You can email me at liberty nz at yandex dot com. That's libertynz at yandex, which is the Russian site. The Russian of Putin. Um, the Russian sometimes things don't turn up. Uh, we do have a proton one as well, and I might get another one sorted out for the program. I've got my own private one that only you know uh, my wives know about and other people. Uh, but. Yeah, send it to libertynz at yandex Y-A-N-D-E-X, or text me through on o um, two one. Or you can just, or I think, yeah. Look, write this down because I'm on WhatsApp as well, and you can see, actually send voice recordings on WhatsApp. Quite good ones. Uh, the number is o two one here in New Zealand o two one seven three two four two three. Why not send me um, a voice recording of something and I'll play it and then I can learn. You see, but I don't have time to watch videos, especially the long ones. If it's a minute long or two minutes long, I might, but probably not because uh, I just get so many sent to me. And uh, sometimes sometimes what I do is I actually just basically download the the short one and I think, oh, okay, and I'm a trusted source, you know, someone that sent me something. As long as it's short, I'll convert it and I'll play it on the program. Sometimes I don't even know what it is until I play it. And I go, oh, gosh, I don't know if I agree with that. Some of the stuff I, I do play here that i don't always agree with uh but i you know my dad used to say eat the meat son and spit out the bones so not everything that everybody tells you is a load of baloney some of the not everything they say some of the things are and so you've just got to be listening thinking, "Oh, i believe that no i don't believe that Uh, i believe so we had had mum on one hand saying believe nothing (laughs) believe nothing of what anyone tells you and only half of what you see that's what she used to say Uh, She was very clever, and my dad, he was a bit bit of a detective. He'd say, no, just uh, eat the meat, son, and spit out the bones. This is Dr. Robert Malone, a very clever man. He's going to tell us about fifth-generation warfare. What did I call it, fifth dimension? I always get everything wrong. always get all my words confused, but you just have to put up with me. Uh, I, I don't know. just the way it is. You know, like uh, that I, as I said, I am listlessic, and I've been listlessic, uh, whatever, however you say it. It's just the way you say it. It's just the way you say it. But you know what I mean, listlessic. I've been that way all my life. And uh, my dad said it was when we we gave you the vaccines, you just stopped asking questions, and you started. You had, you were a credibly bright fellow, massively high IQ, I would imagine, high IQ, highly intelligent. Uh, and then, but then something happened. You just stopped asking questions. And I do remember I couldn't think. All of a sudden, I remember uh, looking back, why can't I think like I used to be able to think? And I didn't know what had happened to me, but I knew something had happened. I thought, gosh, it's just what happens when you get older, that you just grow dumber. Uh, But I I was really bright and really intelligent. And my parents said I was asked a lot of questions, really interesting questions, you know, like, how big is the world, Dad? Like, how long does it go on for? He, he, He said, you asked me when you were really young and I told you we live on a globe that's spinning at 1,000 miles per hour, and you didn't believe me. <laughs> I said, no, it just didn't make sense to me. I, I, I said, no, there's no way we are living on a globe. It's completely flat. I just wanted to know how far it goes out in the distance. Where's the end of the world? Is there, is there, is there an end of the world? Well, the Bible says world without end. If you get a King James Bible, it says world without end. So even though you've got this, um, you know, for those of you who are flatties, even though you believe that the, the earth is a, like a pizza, and the South Pole's no South Pole, it's just the, the southern part is just a, sort of like a, like a seal. You know, like the Bible says, the earth is, a, you know, it's like a seal. It's turned like a seal. Um, boom, you put, put a seal down, you've got that r- lip, lip around the outside, haven't you, with the wax. And that's, that's what the flatties say, the flat Earth, earthers. They say the earth is like a pizza, and it's the ice wall is about 150 feet high, all the way around the outside, and it's, it's like a merry-go-round, and people just go round and round the world like that, flat. They don't go, it's not like a spinning ball, you know, I mean, how would you stay on it? But that was, I, I was a flat earther when I was born. I was born a flat earther, and then they talked me out of it. <laughs> when I went to school, they said, well, Dad started it. He said, no, no, we live on the globe. And we didn't have any globes in the house. Uh, and I said, well, what do you mean? You know, so it was hard for them because we didn't have TV. And um, then 1963 or something, we didn't have telly. And uh, what else we didn't have? Oh, gosh, we didn't have the. Well, I mean, I didn't get my first mobile phone until I was 29. 29 years old when I got my first mobile phone, it was, a, it was one of those Motorola bricks, and it was quite expensive too, it was about $5,500 to buy that thing, apparently I needed it. <laughs> we had a perfectly good secretary, who used to take the phone calls for us, there's no reason why I need it, it was actually a and curse. I lost a sale having one, uh, because the I had the seller in the car with me, and the buyer was talking away, and I had the volume up too loud, and he heard the whole conversation, <laughs> And so, you know, you don't really want that. You don't want buyers and sellers hearing each other's conversation. (laughs) Back in the day, back in the day when I used to sell real estate up in Titterangi, oh, it was great, though, but I didn't need a a mobile phone. No one needs a mobile phone, not really. But now everyone needs it. I mean, do I need it? Not really. No, I I actually, I don't, I, I don't, what was I talking about before I went off on a tangent? Oh, I don't know. I need a producer. That's what you do need. You can't do this job on your own without a producer. So if you want to be a producer, uh, and if you've got time to waste, it's um it's a uh, it's a voluntary uh, sort of a, a job. Uh, can't afford to pay you. Uh, not because, and it's only because I can't. You can't get advertisers. No one wants to advertise. I've got people that love love listening, they, and but they can't advertise. They can secretly they can shoot me some money, buy me a coffee or something. You can do that. Buy me a coffee. Why not? I think it's five dollars, isn't it? Buying a coffee. Go on there. There's a click. There's a there's a little clicker at the bottom there. Link a link they call it, and that'll take you to buy me a coffee. It says um, PayPal, but PayPal defunded me. They stopped. They they said I wasn't allowed to. And yet I was using PayPal. Fine, buying things. You know, saddles and stuff for the horses and all that sort of stuff from overseas. I had an Indian fellow that was selling me those necklaces, um, the collar that go around the horses for for pulling things and bits and pieces. I was really into that. Into that. Um, uh, you know, so sort of the horse and cart sort of thing, and I'm going to I'm going to get into that. That's something serious, but anyway, they uh, yes, yeah, so buy me a coffee because um, PayPal shut me down, and they do that, and the bank shut one my account. And <laughs> you know that's you know we are living in uh, tyrannical times, folks. Tyrannical times when you can't speak freely. And uh, so far, I'm here, I'm okay. Uh, we were applying for a license to go FM, and uh, working with a um, uh, what they call a, a spectrum engineer. And then all of a sudden, didn't hear from him again. <laughs> you know, and, and it was going to cost quite a few, quite a few thousand dollars to set up and everything. And this spectrum engineer, and I kept e- emailing him. He was supposed to come back with a plan. And uh, so obviously, once you know, once he found out who I was, and probably went and had a look online, didn't he? You know, all the terrible things they say about me, and then he probably had a listen and think, "Oh no, not that Bible basher," you know, they're the worst of the lot, aren't they? Those uh, Bible bashing people, and. Um, you know, and some of the things I was saying about the um, the fake jab and the um, the fake virus and all that, and he probably thought far out. Well, there's no way I'm doing this. I'll, I probably won't be allowed to anyway. So basically, I couldn't get anyone. There's all these people out there, and they've obviously sent it, so I can't actually go and do and get an FM license. So it's going to be pirate. Don't tell anyone, but I'm just going to go pirate, and um, I'm just going to get one of those microwaves. Apparently, I've been looking at it online. I've been looking at it, and what you do is you you basically well i can i can't say too much but there is a way where we can actually go out and uh, you could actually get a if you wanted to help you could actually help you could just i'll show you how to do it you, you i've got these people over in the united kingdom and they make these very nice transmitters it's a little low power one but i can actually get one that's a bit more souped up and they'll never know they never check on it and so we can actually transmit and so you can actually take my broadcast you can simulcast especially if you like music of course there's only there's only um, two types of music isn't there, country and western so if you like that well then you'll be able to get one of these and it doesn't cost very much I don't know, it might be a grand or something like that maybe a bit more and you get an aerial as well it all comes in you can put it on the house and you can take the feed off the old uh, off the radio and uh, you know 192 kilobytes per second or whatever it is and then you can just shoot it out into your area. So that would be a really good way of getting the message out there. And you could do that in your town, all over the place, couldn't you? And um, I think they make, they might make us pay a wee bit of money. It might cost you 300 bucks a year as well for a low-power license um, for the music, because I do play music. I'm allowed to have one here, and I'm allowed to simulcast for my fee. I pay a bit more. But you could do that. And then we could get the country... Not only could we give, give, get the country music out, but we could also get the breakfast program out with me yipping or yibber-jabbing away, you know? And so that was the way you could do that. We could, do, we could cover the whole country. And that would be a way, wouldn't it? Just don't tell anyone. Like, don't tell any leftists that might be listening. Uh, oh, they might be listening. Uh, yeah, but then they don't know where we are, do they? No one knows where we are. And you just, you know, you just write to me. on Mum's the word sort of thing. And then we can have our... Um, we can have a proper a nationwide network, can't we, of low power radios. And we can soup them up a little bit. You could probably probably soup it up to 30, 30 watts. Only about half a watt or something, and it's not very long. It doesn't go far, one or two kilometers or something. But if you put it up high on the hill, it'll go for ages. So that's what you want to do. You just have a nice little radio there, maybe have a solar, stick it up on the hill, build yourself a little bit of a platform. And um, then what do you do then? Um, have, have a solar panel and a bat- couple of batteries just to keep the tranny going. Plug it into the, um, into the uh, little transmitter. It's just like a cake tin. And then you just make sure that it doesn't get wet or, more, you know, nice dry area and there's plenty of ventilation. And uh, oh, do you need a computer? No, no, you don't. You just need a, you just need a, a receiver. Oh, no, you just, we just put a phone up there and plug it in. And I suppose you'd need a little controller, wouldn't you? you just keep charging your phone. You just have a phone. And then just plug it into the um, into the uh, transmitter, the little um, what do you call it, the FM transmitter. You've got the aerial. Build a bit of a tower or something if you want to, if you you can do that. And um, out of bamboo, whatever you want to do it, and uh, yeah, and then then you, we can all do that right throughout the whole country, and we can get the news, we can get the liberty, we can be we can be free, and they can't stop us all if we all do it. And I'll show you how to do it. I mean, there's a few quid involved, but that's a way. That's a way of getting the message out there. And then you, and then people that want to they want to get it want to get on the on the radio. You can do that as well. You can just record it. You know, you can just record it on your phone. Some of these journalists, what they do is they just they get the phone, they flip it upside down, and they just download one of those. Free Free recording apps, and then they put you know they just convert it to air. make sure it's MP3 if you can though it's much easier for me then I don't have to go changing it I, don't, I haven't got time to listen to everything you see so if you just convert it and you can send it in you know and I might not agree with what you're saying and I, I might even say you know opinions expressed are not necessarily those of Grant Edwards or the Liberty NZ uh, broadcast I might say that at the beginning but we'll give you we'll give you a chance and we be a nationwide network. And we could be we could be all over the place with just these little low power things, but you could soup them up a bit, don't, you know. We'll go get get a bit souped up, and then yeah, why not? I mean, they're not going to. No one worries about that anymore, do they? I don't know. But that way, that's the way of getting around it. Because if I go for a high power license or even a medium power license, they'll be watching me like a hawk, and I won't be able to say half the stuff. I won't be able to tell you the truth about the fake jab, <laughs> eh? About the fax murderers. I won't be able to say anything like that. And they'll come and shut me down. I mean, I, mean, I could, could have a visit from Mr. Plod, the boys in blue, but I think that Mitchell's got them busy. He's got Andrew, Andrew Acosta busy with the gangs. But I'd be wary about that. I'd be wary because sometimes they, they make new laws and they pretend that it's for one group, you know, for the gangs. Uh, but in actual fact, it actually takes away our privacy. Like that law that says that they can just search any vehicle, that was designed for the gangs, apparently. But that means they can come and search your vehicle without a warrant, and that's against the Bill of Rights. But they've got this new... They've overridden the Bill of Rights, and they've got these new powers now to search any vehicle without a, without a warrant. They can do that, and they can come and search your house, and they can just pretend that you're a gang <laughs> and, under those powers, and that's how they do it. And, you know, and the other thing is, too, I, one of the silly things that one of the, I don't like about Mitchell, some things I do like, I don't really trust any of them, but um, I don't trust any politicians, but one of them I, that I do like... Is the one, uh, no, 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 this is the one I don't like. Sorry, I, I can't remember the one I don't like, but I'll think of it in a minute. Uh, but the one I don't like is the facial, um, he's silly, it's silly. He says that gang members will not be allowed to go out in public with gang tattoos on their face, they have to wear women's um, foundation to cover up their gang patches, or they'll be arrested. That's what he's saying. Now, that's silly, isn't it? Because that's freedom of expression. The Bill of Rights doesn't say, you know, if you go and have a look on it, it's on legislate.gov or legislation.gov. I can never remember. So look it up. The Bill of Rights, New Zealand Bill of Rights, 1990. And it says that you have the right to freedom of expression. It doesn't say free speech. It says expression of any form in in any way. Go and read it. It's very easy to read. The freedom of expression So one of the clauses The 11, 12, 13 or something You've got the freedom, freedom of religion You can practice your religion In public or in private No matter what it is Even if you're a Muslim You can go out there And practice it in public Or private And uh, they can't stop you Except the cops they, they stop me They threaten me with the rest If I keep going uh, Preaching my religion And um, But he, he's, It's freedom of expression So for, for the gang members To have Their facial uh, You know The mongrel mob Facial tattoos Or whoever uh, he's going to ban that. Uh, so that's against that's against freedom. They're, they're expressing themselves, aren't they? They're 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 communicating with you that they are gang members. That is expression, and so that's it's actually against the Bill of Rights for Mitchell to do that. So I think Mitchell here he is the Minister of Police, and he doesn't even know the Bill of Rights. So you can't do that, mate. I'm sorry that you just cannot do that. So and I like to know who the gang members are anyway, don't you? I, I, I want to know. And He's going to stop them wearing a patch. Well, that's a freedom. That's freedom of expression. That patch on the back is they're expressing to us. Uh, they're telling us who they are, who they belong to, and I think it's fine. What they should be focused on is the crime, not what they're wearing. You know, it's like they do the same in the UK. They say, "Oh, we're going to ban the hijab." Well, why would you bother banning the hijab? Why would you do that? Or they ban all the stuff. You know, just let them go. This only clothing. It's not it's not the problem. The problem is the Quran. The Quran is a book of of death and destruction. It's absolutely shocking. I mean it's just like it's just the mind camp for war. I mean, people people go and say, oh, the Bible's like that, there's a lot of... Kill. Well, there is, yes, but it's sort of, there's reasons for everything. You know, it's not just willy-nilly, it's not just, you know, slaughter. Like like we saw in, on October the 7th when those Muslim terrorists following the Koran, very, very good, very religious people, and they were they were good good Muslims following the Quran, killing the Jews, that's what they're supposed to do. It doesn't actually say kill the Jews there, but kill kill all the unbelievers, that's in the hadiths, that's the writings. Apparently, it's the writings of Muhammad, but it's not, actually, it's the writings of Roman Catholic church, they wrote the thing for him, according to a a Spanish Jesuit by the name of Alberto Rivera. He was a Spanish Jesuit, and he went over to the Vatican, and he trained there with other other classmates under Cardinal Beer, and Cardinal Beer taught him that the uh, Islamic, the Muslim religion was created by the Roman Catholic Church because they wanted to harness the children of Ishmael, that's Abraham's uh, son, to the Egyptian handmaiden. Uh, her name was Hagar or Hagar, however you want to pronounce her, who's a half-brother to the Jews, a half-brother of um, Abraham's, um, Abraham had, had a wife as well as the handmaiden, because she thought she couldn't have a baby. So he's the eldest, and normally all the all the promises, they go to the eldest, but the promise wasn't to him. It wasn't Ishmael, the father. He's the father of the Arabs. There's no, there's no Palestinians. That's just a made-up term. It's a bit like Aotearoa. It's just made up, made up by Europeans, and uh, not, not by Maori. It's a mythical, mythical thing. And anyway, so um, that, that's, that's what's happening. So you've got um, half brothers. This whole war is all about these half brothers, and now. Uh, and now I've lost my train of thought, which happens from time to time. Uh, what are we up to now? Seven minutes to, and I, I've completely forgot what I was talking about. I, I was going to, um, I was going to give you, um, gosh, I wish I could remember. It was I was on on a roll there, wasn't I? <laughs> this is why you need a producer. I need to have a producer. So what I've got to do is build some more cabins and get some more staff. I need, I need a, um, a milkmaiden maiden to look after the ewes. Um, We've got we've got some sheep here. I'll be milking the sheep because the Bible says that the milk of the ewe is really really good for you. It is good you that's for drinking, and it says the milk of the kine, which is cow. K I N E is cow. It's just an old old sort of old English term, and it says that's for butter. So we should not be drinking the milk of the ewe, which I've got now in my coffee. Uh, really, it's the milk that's the best, and it's un- it's it's naturally homogenized, and you actually can't even make butter out of it. It's designed for drinking and cheese and you know feta and stuff like that. Gorgeous, gorgeous. And I have had a milking, a sheep milking operation. I did one as an experiment. People said, "Oh, you need to do a business plan." that, stuff like that. So I just, got, I just went and did it. I got a small flock, 24, and just got into it. You know, I, I'm a kind of like that, just hands-on. So I just went and did it. I built myself. A, I couldn't weld at the time, and now I'm a particularly good welder, a uh, very good welder. Actually, I do it for this, do it for a living. Uh, but back then I couldn't, didn't know much about welding, but I was a builder. i had been a builder since I was very young, actually, and so I built myself a, a milking shed, and, uh, and I could milk eight sheep at a time, and I bought a, a proper um, you know, milking equipment, you know, uh, electric, with, um, you know, the proper... Uh, it's got to be the right sort of, you know, the actual... It's a bit different to a cow. You know, the cow's... That's, you know, the sucking thing. But with a sheep, it's a bit quicker, I think, bit faster, they like to milk a bit faster, because the little, you see the lambs, he's trying to emulate the lambs, you see them, they get under there and lift the back legs off the off the mother, banging away there, you know, trying to get the um get the, the milk out, and so you've got, they've got, the machines have to emulate that, and so that's what I did, and um, so we'll be having some milk, and we'll be building these buildings, uh, and we'll be having people in, if you're a builder, you know how to build, you can come and, you can do some woofing. it's not really woofing, it's, because um, that's to do with agriculture, uh, what is it, Um um, sort of organic sort of stuff isn't it, Wolfer? but it's kind of like that. You come and you spend, you know, you stay the night. We give you a feed, give you some breakfast, uh, give you some lunch, and um, you stay you stay over and you work for like three or four hours or something like that. And then we look after you, feed you up well, give you plenty of good old beef. No vaccinate, no vaccines in the uh, in the stock, none whatsoever. No um, no antibiotics, which don't work anyway. Uh, if we have a problem, we uh, we just lance it. If there's a problem there, if there's a bit of woody tongue or something, we just uh, treat it properly. Uh, none of this uh, antibiotics they don 't help all they do is rot your teeth and uh, and make you sick make you uh, more unwell same with the vir- the 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 vaccine they just keep you ill they, they don 't want you fully healthy and they don't want you eating the right type of food. That's why they say don't eat too much meat and stay off fat and watch out for cholesterol and all that. It's all absolute lies. A load of rubbish. Why would it be lies? Well, because the guy that runs the show, the guy, the beast uh, that runs this uh, whole world, is the um, hes the father of lies. So you, you know, why would you expect anything to be truthful here? It's all, it's all lies. You know, and we see it in the media now, don't we? Just absolute poppycock. Absolute lies. But that's the way it is. Now, um, I do have this Islamic preacher who's in a taxi now. So what are we we're here? Did we hear Robert Malone? I did, didn't I? Fifth generation. Just, uh, it could be a bit long. We might have time for it. I want to, Maybe I'll do Robert Malone after. We're talking about the fifth generation Warfield. Did I play that? I don't know. I can't remember. Here is an Islamic preacher and the taxi driver. Have a listen to this. Islamic preacher, Zakir Naik. This was sent to me by oh, a listener, me. actually. He got into a taxi, apparently, in London. He said out loud to the driver, he said, Brother, Please turn off the radio, because the Holy Quran commands I'm not allowed to listen to music, because in the time of the Prophet, there was no music, especially Western music, which is uh, the music of the unbelievers, the music of Satan. The taxi driver politely turned off the radio, stopped the taxi and opened the door. Zakir asked him, What are you doing, bro? The taxi driver answered politely, In the era of the Prophet, there were no taxis, There were no bombs, there were no shortcuts, there were no loudspeakers in the mosques to wake up the newborns and the elderly and the sick at the airy hours of the morning or of the night. There were no suicide bombings, no AK-47s. There was peace everywhere, mate. So shut up, step outside, and you can wait for a camel. I did a very good job of that. It says it's three minutes long, but you can see it just goes into nothing. And I forgot all about that. I meant to fix that. I better put that in, um, in, in the editing booth. I just don't have time to do it. Here's Dr. Robert Malone. I think we've got time for this. It doesn't go for too long. Uh, yeah, news is coming up in a couple of minutes. Yeah, we do have time. We've got time before the news. Here we go. Dr. Robert Malone. Malone talking about not Maloney. Malone talking about fifth generation warfare. Who are, who are they? People say, oh, this is what they are doing. Who are these people? We don't know. Here's Dr. Robert Malone.
1: In true fifth generation warfare, you do not know who your opponent is. Example, who is responsible for, who's the puppet master behind the COVID crisis as, we, as we've experienced it? Who is it? Anybody here know? Was it Klaus? No. There's something above Klaus. Was it Biden? Um. Was it Tony Fauci? These are all surrogates. Okay, you don't really know who is managing the
8: message that has
1: been
5: propagated. Hey, I'm listening to TNT Radio and Calvin Elmson. Have a listen to this a website that was investigating, like we are, the scam that is the Christchurch massacre.
2: Yeah, now I can see in that photo that you. I, I wouldn't like to be on the other side of that lineup against you, there, Calvin. Um, so listen, drop your journalist um, um, sort of face just for a second. What do you really think and feel, and by the way, you're allowed to swear, (laughs) Um, what do you really think about these people that have done this to us?
0: Evil. I suppose that's really the one word that sums them all up. These people are bought and paid for. We've got political whores in parliament. We've got prostitutes masquerading as legacy media. Um, We have, uh, like I said, um, police running cover for them they have basically cut off any redress that people have. These people over time have taken incremental bites out of the uh, rights and freedoms of people. They always tell us it's for our safety, or they make it sound so logical and so plausible. But what people don't realize is there's a master plan here. So they
2: take a bit from here, a bit from here, they affect this group over here and this group over here, and when someone starts to catch on, they use the power resources of the state to go after them and try to completely and utterly wreck them. They've done that with us, uh, when we right, got private, raided- I'm going to have to stop you there because we have right out of the time, but a perfect way to end the show. They are evil, ladies
4: and gentlemen, without doubt. Be a part of the conversation and follow TNT Radio on Gab, Getter and Twitter. Now, TNT Radio News.
0: For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. House Republicans introduced a resolution to formally authorize their impeachment inquiry into President Biden on Thursday. The resolution, introduced by Representative Kelly Armstrong, directs existing House committees to determine whether sufficient grounds exist to impeach Biden, as the GOP-led panels have probed whether the president benefited from his son's foreign business dealings or abused his office. The inquiry was first opened by former Speaker Kevin McCarthy, who announced it without a vote. The White House has continually cited how Republicans, including those leading the impeachment inquiry, criticized Democrats for opening an inquiry into former President Donald Trump in 2019 without a vote. So House Speaker Mike Johnson wants the full House to vote on it to authorize the inquiry. Its passage is still up in the air, though it appears like it will pass because more centrist Republicans who previously opposed it have said they will vote to open the inquiry. Top defense firm General Dynamics, a major contractor for the U.S. military, is planning to open a new weapons factory in western Ukraine. It means that U.S. taxpayers look set to bankroll Ukraine's weapons supplies for years to come, with no end in sight in the nearly two-year war. Three sources familiar with the Virginia-based firm's plan said the company will ramp up domestic production of arms supplies amid concerns about Kyiv's flagging counteroffensive to boot out Russia's armed forces from its occupied territories. A proposal was drawn up last month and sent to Ukraine's government to set up the manufacturing facility in the west of the country, which has been largely unscathed from Russia's invasion, within the next six months. The revelations would also appear to cast out on recent German media reports that the U.S. and Germany are working on a secret plan to force Ukraine to the negotiating table and end the war. The firm, one of the major suppliers to the U.S. military, is also unperturbed about the possibility of Donald Trump winning November's presidential election. One source said it means that we are, one way or another, going to be in this for the long haul. The High Court in London has thrown out objections to government plans to use two disused RAF bases to house single male illegal immigrants seeking asylum. Local councils in Lincolnshire and Essex were opposed to plans by the Home Office and the Department for Leveling Up Housing and Communities to convert RAF Scampton and RAF Wethersfield, respectively. In the summer, the Home Office announced it wanted to house 2,000 illegal immigrants at RAF Scampton, but West Lindsey District Council objected. Braintree District Council in Essex had also sought to block the use of land at RAF Wethersfield. The United States intercepted another unmanned aerial vehicle allegedly launched from Yemen in the Southern Red Sea on December 6. An official said, "We can confirm the USS Mason shot down an uncrewed aerial vehicle originating from Houthi-controlled areas of Yemen at 10:20 a.m. December 6 in the southern Red Sea. There was no damage or injury to U.S. equipment or personnel." Prime Minister Rishi Sunak has defended the government's draft emergency bill in Rwanda on Thursday after Immigration Minister Robert Jenrick resigned over the bill. The Safety of Rwanda draft bill is the government's last-ditch effort to convince the Supreme Court that Rwanda is a safe country to send asylum seekers to. However, Mr. Jenrick posted his resignation letter on X, hours after the bill was published on Wednesday, saying it currently does not go far enough. Dwella Braverman, who was Home Secretary until last month, also said the bill is destined to fail. Launching the bill in a televised statement on Thursday... Mr. Sunak said the bill will end the merry-go-round of the legal challenges that have blocked the policy from
10: taking off. ...ministers and British government ministers alone. Because it is your government, not criminal gangs or indeed foreign courts, who decides who comes here and who stays in our country. Now, of course, our Rwanda policy is just one part of our wider strategy to
2: stop the boats. And that strategy is working. This has been James
0: O'Neill with your TNT News Brief. We'll be back with another news break at the top of the next hour. Thank you very
5: much, James, and uh, that's wonderful to hear that. Now let's have a quick look at the weather forecast. I was speaking to Philip earlier, Philip Duncan. He said there's a high pressure. It's going to be moving in across the country today, bringing lighter winds and drier skies. Uh, that's what he says, anyway, and uh, that's for most places. And he says, there's going to be a few isolated showers possible today, especially in the eastern North Island and near the ranges. and uh, he said in the afternoon there could even be some thunderstorms or just some heavy downpours, you're not too sure, but it may form along the, with a few showers brushing the lower eastern South Island as well. He said, generally speaking, today is going to be settled, uh, but Saturday sees a surge in warmer, hotter nor westerly winds ahead of the cold front moving up New Zealand on Sunday, sort of spring-like, he says. Uh, let's have a look at the um, extremes for the whole country. Huakatali has the highest temperature right now at six minutes past seven. Uh, the lowest temperature is in Twizel. Twizel. Now, in Twizel there was a dam wasn't there? And I meant to talk about that. Uh, I was going to tell you, uh, well, I better write that down. I keep... Gosh, I, I need help. I need help. Uh, thoughts are like um, leaves on the ground and the wind comes and just blows them away. Dried leaves. and It's, it's really frustrating as you get older you sort of get dotty, And it's the, probably the vaccines they are kicking in because they don't want you to go past 65, otherwise they've got to pay you money, don't they? Uh, so really, and don't retire whatever you do because um, it's proven, history has proven that if you, if you retire, you know, people that retire, it's a silly thing to just keep on working. Even if you'd like finish the job and just go, do some work, make sure you do something because if you don't, you've got to keep the mind active. 18 months is about as long as you last. When you retire, and that was back when people were 60 years old, when you could retire at 60, which is a biblical principle. They weren't allowed to go and fight the Philistines once they got to 60. They had to stay home with the wife and look after her. The wives, they had plenty of wives in those days. Twizel, yeah, I want to find out about Twizel. Six degrees now. The windiest place right now is Christchurch, Port Hills, uh, 20 kilometres per hour. Not very, not very bad at all. It's a little bit of rain at the moment in Tauranga. Over there in the uh, the Bay of Plenty, Tauranga, uh, they've got 0.1 of a millimetre, so it's not too bad. Temperatures right across the whole country seem to be in the double digits, apart from Queenstown and France-Joseph, they're both on 18 degrees. But everywhere else is up in the double digits um, at this hour of the morning, which isn't too bad. And uh, Wakatane, uh, that is the uh, the highest temperature. According to this, it says, anyway, Wakatane is the highest uh, sixteen point seven. Yeah, that'll be right. Sometimes they're wrong. Okay, so now what have we got coming up? The horses. Uh, I shall move the horses away. That's if there's nobody over there, probably anyway. And most of you listening, most of you listen on the streaming. You haven't got time to sit and watch a video, have you? Who's got time to watch a video these days? I just don't have time to do it. Just don't have time. People send me stuff, as I said, and I just you know I just can't watch it. I just tell them I have to tell them. You know, don't send it to me. Just send me a voice recording of you and um, and talking about the video or play clips of it. Make a, make a program. It could be 30 seconds, a minute, five minutes, 20 minutes, half an hour, whatever you like. Go for your life. And then I can grab that and chop it up and I can put a few uh, commercials in there or a few trailers or whatever. And um, oh, you can have your own radio program. There you go. Now, all, we better find out and see what happened on this day. I haven't done much in the way of news, but it's all bad and it's all rubbish anyway, isn't it? Absolute garbage uh, normally. Now, I haven't even uh, pre-read any of this, so you'll just have to bear with because I am less dyslexic. so less dyslexic. In 1932, on this day, December the 8th, Friday, it wasn't then, though, 1932, the first issue of the New Zealand Women's Weekly was published, and um, it was distributed during the Depression. 1932 wasn't terribly good. My dad was... um, uh, how was he? Eleven, eleven years old, the uh, uh, 1932, and then by 1939, they he was off there with a gun, uh, you know, over in, uh, up and up in the islands fighting the bloody Japs. They're vicious, he said. They were the worst. they worse than the Germans. The Germans, uh, they weren't too bad. He said the Japs were cruel, very bad. Uh, anyway, so the magazine, Women's Weekly, Women's Weekly. Have you found that New Zealanders can't say the word women? They say woman. <laughs> So, oh, 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 who was it now? Especially Maori. They go, they go crook at me for not pronouncing the Maori words properly. And you know, they say that I'm, here I am saying huakatali with a, you know, an aspirated WH, which is how it should be pronounced. And they say, no, it's Fakatani. And, uh, and, and they, it, 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 it is the height of rudeness to correct someone's speech. And yet they do that, don't they, these people? They've not been taught properly, some of them, correcting you. And you have it. You say, oh, I was in Taupo, and they go, oh, you mean topo. I go, oh, uh, uh, yeah, okay. And I sort of don't flip and correct other people. That was one of the things that we learned. Never correct someone. Just because you're speaking properly now that you're learning how to talk proper, proper England, don't correct anyone else. Just... Just do the best. Just keep the standard, but never correct another person. That's what they do. Uh, But they do say, uh, I'm not actually doing this to an individual. This is why I think it's rude when you actually say to someone when you're speaking to them, you know, that's not how you pronounce it. Um, But they'll say woman. And all Kiwis do this. They don't say women. They say woman. Woman. And it's not. That's not how it's pronounced. Just and, and and the problem is they don't teach children phonetics. They say that they say oh, yeah, we teach them phonics, and that's not what I mean. Phonetics is an actual language of symbols that you can only you can only learn them by speaking them. I spoke about it briefly yesterday, and uh, you know it te- it's brilliant because it, it comes from the Greek. And so you've got all these phonetic symbols, but they show you how to pronounce words, like diphthongs, which is two vowels, isn't it, joined together? You know, whether it's an I or an A. See, an no, I, A. And so if you learn, you have to say them. Well, it looks like an I, and it's got a, another thing behind it, and then a neutral vowel, all this. You can learn all this, and you can easily learn it. You can go on YouTube and learn it. And once you learn all that, then you know how to pronounce stuff. But they don't teach kids this at school, the, the phonetic symbols. And they don't teach them that. And if they only did, it would help them so much. And that happened to me because I, as I said, I had learning disabilities, struggle, struggle, struggle. And um, and it was it was quite late, quite late in life. And mum sent me off to a speech and a speech teacher, speech and drama teacher. And they that's what they taught me. I've had a, a couple of them actually, quite a few. Uh, speech and drama teachers, and I wasn't interested in the drama too much. Drama, I've got enough drama in my own life. Uh, didn't need to worry about that. But I wanted, I wanted to speak a bit better than I did, and um, I'm glad I did. And then now I've sort of relapsed, haven't I? I don't say <laughs> relapse. Uh, you sort of do, don't you? I used to. I when I was related to New Zealand years ago, I wasn't very good at it. That's why I wouldn't. You know, that's why I never, never kept going with it. Oh they, they fired me. <laughs> they sat. I got the sack from Classic Hits. Uh, something I pissed someone off, Bob Gentle, I think, he was smoking pot in the studio, and I <laughs> I said, you you loser, and he was, yeah, put dope head. But everyone likes him, they thought he was good, so it must have been me, I, I, I must have been the problem anyway. But um, they taught us back then not to, um, uh, yeah, I got the top mark for Maori pronunciation, and here I am now, I can't even string a Maori sentence together. I used to be able to read a whole page of Maori. Uh, beautiful, and uh, one of the, One of the speech executives, I think it was David England, he sent it off to Keith McIntyre down in Wellington. And and we say Wallington, don't we? Wallington. And uh, anyway, we he, he sent it down there. He said that was very good. He said that, and I and um, he said that, and I and I hadn't practiced it at all. I had for a while, and then I hadn't done it for like two weeks. And I said, oh no, I can't do this. And he said, well, just have a go. And I had a go, and it was best, really good. And they sent and Keith McIntyre sent back lead, he said that is brilliant. So I didn't sound like a Maori, you know how you know like you don't you don't want to sound like with that Maori slight accent, do you? You don't want that. That's sort of almost insulting, isn't it? But at least you got the vowels right and the diphthongs right, you know. And uh, and I and I did. I got top. But now I don't know. I think it's a protest. I think I purposely do it on purpose. I just, I I just I'm not going. I'm not going to be forced to learn a language, or I'm not going to be forced to pronounce words a certain way. I'm going to do it however I want to do it. And that's why I do what I do. That's why when you come on this program and you hear me reading out the news, uh, and I mention Maori names I miss out all the Maori names when they say wakakotahu or whatever it is or um, some of them, you know, Tamariki, I just say children. Uh, and I miss them all out. And I do that as a protest, because I'll be blown if I'm going to be told um, I'm, I'm not going to have my wonderful English language sidelined for the Maori language, as beautiful as it is. And you, you, know, you might think, are oh, you racist, you don't, you don't like the Maori language. I've, I love it, but I'm not going to have it forced upon me. That that's the that is the problem. I, I don't want that. Uh and I'll tell you what, I do love the Mary language and I'll tell you what there's one I particularly like and that's Maisie. Uh Maisie Rika. Oh, where have you gone, Maisie? I must have I mustn't have put her in the right little spot. I'll play her in a minute just to prove to you that I do I love it. I love it. And I want to have more of her her music. Where where is Maisie gone? Oh, gosh, I can't play her. Um, I don't know what happened, have has gone completely anyway. I do love Maori, and um, and I was very good at speaking Maori, uh, and and the uh, right, you know, I could I could read a whole page of it, uh, probably and it got a reasonable sense of it. And my uncle, I had an uncle who was an interpreter for in the gov- in the Parliament in the Beehive. Uh, he was uh, he was as white as me, but he spoke more fluent Maori back in the fifties and sixties. I think and even in the seventies. Uh, I think in the sixties and seventies he was um, an interpreter in, the, in there, and he he basically just lived with the Māori people. And my grandfather too he he traded all of his footwear um, manufacturing equipment, and he also they also because I come from a line of footwear people. Uh, I think I was the sixth generation as, a, as shoemaking, and so we not only did in Wellington we did um, retail on the ground floor. And then up top there, I think they did manufacturing. And then shoe repairs were at the very top. So they did the whole lot. This was in a building in Manor Street that was built by my great-grandfather, Henry Dodsworth uh, Edwards. And um, so, yeah, we... we Now um, yeah, I've lost that train of thought again. Um, what was I talking about? Oh, I don't know. See, I need a producer. I can't do this on my own. Uh, Maori, yeah. And so my grandfather, uh, he traded it, uh, traded all his tools... Uh, for um carving tools, and uh, I always thought that was a bit of a shame, really, uh, but he did, uh, and he loved the maori people my grandfather um, he loved the Maori people, and my uncle as well my father 's brother they were, they started the um, they were involved in the Maori Postal Sunday school where they sent out uh, sort of lessons to um, Maori kids all over the country by post and that started very early in the piece, and my uncle Arnott, his name was. Uh, he's gone to be with the Lord now, but he was involved in that. And so we we have a, a, a big tradition. I became a Christian through John Colmeny. Um, he was a kaumātawa. He's gone to be with the Lord now. I think he passed away a few years ago. Uh, he um, he took my mother's funeral and my father's funeral. And uh, and I became a Christian by listening to him preaching um, back in 1970 or somewhere around then. I was quite young. And so... Isn't it incredible? So the missionaries, the Protestant missionary, the Catholics and all they were doing was just getting you to, you know, just parrot stuff in, in um, you know, the hymn books and that and just getting you to parrot stuff in Latin. You had no idea what the gospel is, because the gospel, according to the Catholics, is keeping the keeping the sacraments of the church, which is nonsense, isn't it? But the Bible, if you actually read the Bible for yourself, Catholics, that's why there are Christians amongst the Catholics. We know that because the Bible says Jesus says, Come out of her, my brethren. And don't have anything to do with it. He wants to bring you out. You should come out. You're naughty if you're a Catholic and you believe in the in the Bible Jesus, not the pagan Jesus, which is Tammuz. That's who that, That's what that cross is. It's not a cross. It's a T for Tammuz. It's the uh, the son of Nimrod and Sumeramis. They're gored by a bull. And so it's sort of a fake, it's a counterfeit. You know, the, the, the devil does that, counterfeits everything. You know, Easter is not the Passover, it's a different ceremony. Easter is the Easter egg, it's the goddess of fertility, that's what the eggs are all about. Venus, <laughs> that's Simaramus, Nimrod's wife, basically. And uh, anyway, so... And now I've gone off on a tangent again. i actually got to write things down while I'm talking. That's what I have to do. And especially if you had a late night. It was very late last night. It was midnight, and then I was up at 3.30. So I haven't had much sleep, so that's probably part of it as well. But don't go complaining, Grant. Don't go complaining. Now, so uh, we'll just forget about that altogether, because I can't remember what I was talking about Twizzle. Uh, I did write a few things. Oh, Barry Smith, yeah. So we're we going to have we're we going to hear from Barry Smith now. Here he is now. It's not very long, and he's a lovely man. I've met Barry. He's gone. He's now gone to be with the Lord. It's 17 minutes past seven, and uh, we'll be going till eight o'clock. And then I've got to go and do some farm work. But I might have a snooze for half an hour just to get 40 winks, uh, like Sir Winston Churchill used to do. Here is Barry Smith in an interview uh, done with Howard uh, Conder. I think his name was done in 1988. And uh, some of the things he talks about, the one world government. Have a listen to this.
4: I, I think the best place to start probably is the old American dollar. Mm-hmm.
5: On the back of every
4: American dollar, Howard, as you can see here, we have the two seals. And so I did a careful study of this. This is something that could never be taught in an American high school. You'd destroy the whole of the American system if they learnt what these are. These are witchcraft seals on the back of every American dollar. Uh, you'll see the pyramid with the eye and the triangle and the Latin words and so on. This side, the so called eagle. And I did a full study on this, which is written up in this book, Better Than Nostradamus. Um, <clears throat> basically, it means this, the pyramid, is uh, the symbol of the Illuminati groups or the world government groups who are setting up the one world government right now, as I speak to you in 1998. 19- uh, 19- yeah, already. Um, at the top there, we have an eye and a triangle. Many people try and tell me that's the eye of God, but we know it's not, as we will show you in a minute. Down the bottom, we have a date 1776, which is the date the Illuminati, a secret society, was inaugurated in Europe, in Bavaria, actually. The Encyclopedia Britannica says, under the auspices of a man called Adam Weishaupt. He was a Jesuit priest who defected and became a Luciferian. And his plan was to put Lucifer on the throne of the world, or Satan. Therefore, we have that Luciferian eye in the triangle. Now, some people, of course, who belong to various societies tell me that's the eye of God, and some religious people say that's the all-seeing eye of God. I say, I will now prove you're wrong. If we look at the Latin words there, annua chapters, it means announcing the birth of, and down the bottom, novus ordo seclorum. A friend of mine from Johannesburg, South Africa, wrote to Oxford University and asked them, would they give him a translation of the word seclorum? They said, that's where we get the word secular, heathenistic, ungodly or godless. The word novus means new, Ordo means order of a secular nature. Now, let's put that in in, particular, in order. <coughs> we have Lucifer, the eye and the triangle, saying, I am announcing the birth of a secular, heathenistic, ungodly, one-world government, one-world church, one-world political system, sorry, and one-world economic system. Uh, so then we see that they're setting the whole thing up now. Jimmy Carter called it Global 2000, and George Bush called it New World Order. And now on this side... We have here the so-called American Eagle and I have a book at home called The Secret Teachings of All Ages by Manly Hall who is a top freemason writer and he tells us that's not an eagle at all, that's a phoenix. Anybody who studies history knows a phoenix is a mystical bird that burns in the fire and then out of the ashes of that fire it rises again. That's exactly what is happening. Man's first attempt to set up a world government was the Tower of Babel, God destroyed that And now in these days in which we are living we see the new world order emerging the phoenix rising from the ashes in his mouth he has a or in his beak he has a piece of ribbon and on the ribbon are written the words um, "E pluribus unum which means out of many one the original idea was to take the 13 building blocks of america here which are symbols of the world government and make them the united states of america 13 colonies now united states Now the plan moves on to the whole world system. The Novus Ordo Seclorum means they're taking all the countries of the world, privatising them, selling them out, and setting up one global village out of many countries. That's what's happening. Now the interesting thing is, I, I, I spoke this somewhere recently, there was an American in the meeting, he said, I'm shocked, I thought I knew all about this, but you gave me an added piece of information. If any listener or any viewer today takes one of these American dollars and puts it on a transparency, cut it it in half, and place that circle on top of that circle, you'll see a mass of occult and Masonic symbolism, cleverly designed in those seals. These are witchcraft seals on the back of the American dollar. Hmm.
5: Tell us a little bit more about America's involvement here in this uh, secular One World Government, because you've also touched on the fact that um, people and I've seen Christians actually use that one eye symbol and it's, it's definitely they're been misled because I think uh, God wouldn't set up something that was ag- against himself. That's the whole point. Mm.
4: I, I had a guy from South Africa arguing with me one day and he was telling me, look, he said, I've been to America, that's the eye of God. I said, cut it out. I said, why do you think Almighty God would set up a secular, heathenistic, ungodly one world government? Exactly what you're saying. This is the eye of the enemy. And right throughout history there has been a desire on behalf of many people, for example Adam Weishaupt, the uh, leader of the Illuminati, we've had Thomas Jefferson, we've had uh, many of the American presidents have known about this system, and they are in favour of setting up this one world government. George Bush called it a new world order, Jimmy Carter called it Global 2000, and the writer of this particular book tells me that President Clinton will continue the new world order. He is doing exactly that. Mm -hmm. as we will show you during the course of this talk today. Now, these seals, by the way, have not always been on the dollar, Howard. um, 1933 or something?
5: 1933.
4: Mm -hmm. I was on the Mississippi River one day with some Freemasons who were interested in this subject. They said, we were in your meeting last night. Would you please add a little bit more information on the role of Masonry in this? I said, I'd love to. I said, if uh, you check... Part of the jewellery of the Grand Master is that eye which hangs around his neck in his jewellery, you see. That is called the Great Architect of the Universe, but they don't really know who it is. Mm. But It's, it's a Lucifer. Secret. It is mm. Lucifer. Now, in Freemasonry, the final secret was outlined to us by a man called Albert Pike. He was the Grand Master of Universal Freemasonry many years ago, and he said these words, That which we must say to the crowd is, We worship a God that one can worship without superstition. To you, Sovereign Inspectors General, we say this, and you may repeat it to the brethren of the 32nd, 31st, and 30th degrees the Masonic religion should be by all of us initiates maintained in the purity of the Luciferian doctrine. If Lucifer were not God, would Adonai, God of the Christians, bother to spread false and harmful statements about him? Yes, Lucifer is God. This is Albert Pike speaking.
5: Mm-hmm. This, is, this is all recorded in, oh, in, in secular books too, is It's isn't all re-
4: it? in secular books, and so I've got it all For in here too. For people to check it out. Better than Nostradamus.
5: Better than Nostradamus. There he is. That is Barry Smith back in 1988. He's having a, a wonderful talk there. And uh, gosh, you would think that it was just the other day, really, wouldn't you, with all the things that are happening now. And some people laughed. And said, Oh, no nonsense. So I can remember my bank manager saying, Oh, this is back about 1988. He said, No, rubbish. Yeah, absolutely rubbish. But now you can see that it's going to happen, don't you? You can see that the old Antichrist is going to mark everyone that's living on the earth, rich and poor, free and bond, uh, young and old, to receive a mark in their right hand. King James, you need. Can't get all of the, you can't get all of God's words unless you've got a King James. In the right hand and in the forehead. If you've got a Bible that says on, you know you've got a, you've got a corrupt Bible. It's in. It's going to be in. The devil doesn't want you to know that he's going to put something in under the skin. He wants to mark you like an animal. Because that's what he is. He's a beast. Uh, he's not mankind. He hates mankind. Hates us. Every time he looks at us, he sees God because we're created in the image of God. So that's why he hates you. Even you atheists, God hates you. <laughs> the devil hates you, I say. Uh, he hates you. Uh, God loves you. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. It's a beautiful old verse. It's a wonderful one. I think my father became a Christian by, by hearing that uh, when back in, I guess, would have been the 1930s uh, when he was a young fellow. And, uh, yeah, John chapter 3, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels. It's not the Gospel. Uh, well, that one is, isn't it? For if for God so loved you that he gave his only begotten Son, that's Jesus, that whosoever believeth in him, he wants you to believe him, uh, should not perish where? In hell, the Bible says. We need a King James to get that word. They take it out in the new ones. We um, should not perish in hell, but have everlasting life. Everlasting. You're going to be... Uh, immortal. That's what the Bible says. The Bible, uh, Bible says our bodies are going to change in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. That's what handles Messiah. That's what that's all about. You get all these homosexuals up there singing, you know, playing it was Messiah. They have no idea. It's Corinthians, First Corinthians chapter 15. Those are the words, in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the dead in Christ shall rise first, and then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. We're not going to meet him at, at, up in Jerusalem. People are going to say, oh, there he is. Look, he's coming. He's, don't believe them. Jesus says, don't believe them. So he's going to meet us in the air. We should be following Paul. He, he's the He's the apostle to the Gentiles. And he said, the Lord Jesus Christ is going to return in the air and we're going to meet him. The dead in Christ will rise first. Then we will meet them. They'll come and knock on the door. Oh, Mum, dad, come in. Tea, coffee, or Milo? <laughs> Barry Smith he used to say that. <laughs> I've got to give him credit. I can't steal that one. He uh, "Come and Mum and Dad's t- tea, coffee, Milo. They might be hanging around for know, a few minutes before we all go. Before the Christians leave, and the, the people of the world will say they've been. We've been stolen by aliens. That's why they're getting us used to the whole idea of the flying saucers and aliens and all that nonsense. It's all baloney. They just want to get you used to the idea that uh, some. They know the devil knows we're going to disappear. We're going to be caught up, caught up." in the clouds with the those that rise first they rise up first and then we change our bodies change what happens we become incorruptible we're ready, for, ready to be, we'll be like Jesus he could just walk through walk through a wall into a room we'll be just like him we're probably all going to be 30 years old 33 years old something like that we'll all be men probably won't be any women because why do we know that well the bible says that we know marrying and giving in marriage in heaven so we'll all be just men like angels there's no female angels they're just men uh, all the all that whenever they see an angel doesn't have wings either. Uh, cherubims have wings and seraphim have wings, but they they're not here on earth they are angels have just look like men when God gives them a body. The devils don't have bodies, they've lost their bodies. they were cast out of heaven, they lost their heavenly bodies and they're cast to the earth their' spirits that's why they want to get into a body. that's what the anybody will do. <laughs> so if you open yourself up to demonic stuff. You can do that through drugs as well. got to be careful. Drugs, alcohol, all that sort of stuff. You have to be very careful not to be drunken. It's okay to have a little wine, but not to be drunken. That's a sin. All right to have some wine and some beer. It's fine. No worries at all. Even smoking. I can't find a verse against that. One of the great... Um, uh, he was a preacher. Uh, what was his name? He used to smoke a pipe. Uh, but I'd rather smoke here, wouldn't you, than burn in hell? That's... <laughs> I would. I Sometimes I have, a, have a, um, a cigarette from time to time. I, you know, Pretty bad, though. You, you don't want to get into the habit of it. If you're, if you're lucky enough to be able to have a cigar or a cigarette without getting hooked, it's good. Why not? They want to cut that out, don't they? They want to take away all your freedom. But anyway, uh, so that's what's going to happen. The dead in Christ shall rise first, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air. It's Handel's Messiah. <laughs> it makes me laugh when they're singing that, you know... Uh, I don't know if they know the words. And also another thing that makes me uh, giggle is C.S. Lewis with the Lion, the Witch and the Woodrobe. That last scene there, that scene, not the last, the very last, but the the scene of when the lion is being uh, um, sacrificed on that um, uh, sacrificial stone there. They had the lion there. That's symbolic of Jesus Christ, the Lion of Judah. And so um, C.S. Lewis, he was a Christian, and so uh, he put that there, and I don't, I don't know if people realize it, but that those, those beasts all around there, that's what Jesus said in Psalms chapter, write this down, Psalms chapter 22. That's what Jesus Christ was thinking on the cross. Now, where do I find Psalms? We just get the Bible there, hold it there in front of you, upright, and just let it open up in the middle, and that's Psalms. And then just find chapter twenty-two. Everyone reads the twenty-second psalm, don't they? Though I uh, walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. But the uh, fear no evil. But the best one to read is Psalms twenty-two. That's what Christ was thinking on the cross. King David wrote that a thousand years before Jesus came to earth. I can't prove it, but he did. Uh, that's what we believe. He, when King David was here a thousand years before Jesus Christ. He wrote that. He wrote, he sort of went off into the spirit there, because David never suffered a, a, um, a crucifixion, but it says, they pierce my hands and my feet, they cast lots for my vesture, which is exactly what happened to the gospel. And so this was a prophecy that happened a thousand years in advance. It has to be God. But people would say, oh, well, that was probably written after. Yeah, well, I, I don't believe it was. I can't prove that it wasn't. Um, but I can with Daniel chapter 9, and that's another story. We'll tell you about Daniel 70 weeks. I can prove that outside of the Bible and uh, using people that are even non-Christians. There's no, we have no excuse because it, it possesses a supernatural element. But anyway, Jesus there, uh, C.S. Lewis. And so that lion, the witch, and the wardrobe, go and have a look at this, the death of Asland. That's, he, that's uh, symbolic of the Lion of Judah, Jesus Christ. He was dying for the children. Uh, someone had to die. The witch is the devil. And all those beasts, they are all the the bulls of Bashan, which is what the Bible talks about in Psalms 22. If you just read it, it's in there. Uh, Give it a read, and uh, don't take my word for it. And that was prophesied a thousand years before, that Jesus' death. And so C.S. Lewis was giving you the account of the crucifixion there. And then the witch, she killed him. But she didn't realize, just like the devil didn't realize, that Jesus' death, his blood was so pure and so powerful and so... uh, just amazing that it was able to, that sacrifice of laying down your life, someone that was sinless, because Aslan didn't do anything wrong. It was um, one of the kids, didn't he, he did something wrong, dob somebody in. And so, he, so the child had to die, but Aslan took his place, just like Jesus Christ has taken our place on the cross, and he's laid down his life for us. Aslan did that for the children. And then he rose back from the dead, didn't he? The Lion of Judah. That's what that's all about. That's what C.S. Lewis put that there. And I don't even know if people that realize the Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, you know, they don't realize that that is the story of Jesus Christ. That is the, the, the story of the, of the crucifixion and resurrection of Christ. And the children are the church. That's us. The Bible says we're going to be kings and priests in heaven. The streets will be paved with gold. Imagine that. It's going to be like a sea of glass and they're going to be gold. And that's and I believe that because I've proven to myself, never mind anybody else. As long as I'm convinced, I'm convinced that the Bible is what it claims to be. And uh, so, you know, isn't it wonderful? There it is. So go and have a look at that. That's the death of Aslan. and then read Psalms 22, and you'll see the picture there. Because David did not die of, as a he died an old man. He didn't have. He wasn't crucified. So how would he know that they pierced my hands and my feet? It was Jesus who came later, Uh, that was God himself in human form. His Father was God. Jesus' Father was God. When it says the Son of God, it's really God. And we know that in Isaiah it says says, uh, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and it's naming Jesus. For unto us a son is born, for unto us a child is given, and his name shall be wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, Everlasting Father. I've kind of got them mixed up around the wrong way. You do that when you're dyslexic. dyslexic. Um, but he, he is the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. And you need a King James Bible to get the truth of that. That's who Jesus is. When they were looking at him, these disciples there, and he was speaking to them, I don't think they realized that, that God, they, they were talking to God himself. He'd become one of us. Why did he have to do that? Well, he had to, he had to be fully man. So that his he could live, he could keep the law for us, the Ten Commandments, and he did that perfectly. Never sinned, never looked at Mary Magdalene as to lust after her, which is which, which if he had, of that's like committing adultery. He never did that, never sinned at all. Fully God, but fully man, tempted, tempted. I'll say he was, but he kept the law. He he obeyed, he obeyed his Father in heaven, and the Bible says the Father and the Son are one. And it's an incredible thing, isn't it? But God's given us lots of examples of three in one, Um, you know, time, space, matter. Um, The egg, I think, is the most wonderful idea. An egg is one egg, but it's made up of three parts, the shell, the white, and the yolk. So he's given us all these examples of three in one, and that's what God is, a triune God of Father, the Father in heaven, Father, the Son, who came to earth to lay down his life for us. Which was prophesied to come, even in the stars, there's a story. That's why the those wise men knew to come to Bethlehem. They knew the story of the gospels written in the stars. And there's a book by E. W. Bullinger you can get. You can get it online and you can read all about it. And that's why the devil counterfeited that. That's why he was trying to do with his Easter and his start, eh, and you know Christmas and all that. And all that stuff there is just paganism. And it's a counterfeit of God's story of creation and redemption. You know, and the resurrection and uh, of Christ and our future. So go and have a look at the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. It's a picture of Jesus Christ and those children. Remember, at the end there, they were kings and priests. The Bible says that's what we will be. They were riding on horses, uh, and they looked like they were young princes, didn't they? And that's that's a picture of the church. The children are us. The church, those that believe by faith, because the only way you can get, you can't earn your way to heaven on the instalment plan by paying money to a, a pedophile priest can you? You can't do that. Why would God <laughs> just use your are For goodness sake. I know it's all lovely. You go in there and they've got the incense and the candles and everything. It all seems very nice and singing the hymns. Oh, 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 you know, but that's just fake. That's just that's just to entrap you into a false religion of Babylonian goddess worship. And they've given it a new name, Roman, which is pagan, isn't it? Catholicism, which is, means the international church. So it's actually just a—it's just a, an abomination, the mother of harlots. That's what it is, and uh, so you, you don't go believe in that rubbish. And then you've got all the, the little daughters of the harlots. That's all the cults, the false false cults that have come out of Rome, and, um, and most of them have come out of the United States. Actually, nineteenth century anything anything nineteenth century that's come out of Rome's rubbish. We we follow a Semitic Bible. We follow the Jews. The Jews gave us the gospel. They gave us the oracles of God the Jews. Jesus was a Jew. Paul, the Apostle Paul, where's to follow him? He's the Apostle of the Gentiles. That's what we are. We're Gentiles. And one day, when you become a Christian, you're grafted into the vine, into the olive tree. You're grafted into it. And uh, so the Lord's people, they are still the Lord's people. They're going to come back into the land. That's prophesied to. Happened in 1948. Big time. Plenty of Jews. I know a little Greek lady who was Christian. Uh, She lived in Egypt and it was in uh, early nineteen fifties. Their house. She looked back, and the whole of uh, Cairo was on fire. As she got on, got onto a ship, and she was being taken out. I think it was the, the British, a uh, British ship. And she, they immigrated to New Zealand. And my very good friend, uh, Derek Pierce. Uh, they ended up. He, he became. She became his wife. And um, yeah, so uh, the, a lot of a lot of Jews and Christians uh, were persecuted. Um, you know, around about 1948. It was pretty tough. There were also Jews living in uh, what they call Palestine, which is actually Israel. Hadrian changed the name to, uh, uh, from Israel to Hadrian. Uh, he's a Roman. Changed it to uh, Palestine just to, um, just to wipe the, the memory of Israel because it's God's. It's God's. Uh, uh, Joshua took it off the Canaanites, the filthy Canaanites. Who were into all sorts of filth and God had warned them over and over again, and then they had to end up end up basically annihilating them all because if they' come if they'd brought them back into the city into the and, and they joined with the jews the jews wouldn 't be around today uh, because of their sexual immorality and the diseases that would have brought with them the venereal diseases and they had they were doing uh, you know animals bestiality and all sorts of wicked things, and God had warned them over and over and then in the end he had to wipe them out, and the only ones he could, they could keep were the with the uh, virgin girls because if they'd never been with a man, because that's when you learn about homeopathy and how disease is actually spread, it's disease, uh, disease is spread through sexu- sexual contact, and that's why the devil wants you not to just get married to one woman and you know, and have um, you know, your wife just, just you and your wife. Um, or if you had more than one wife, that's okay, but she's not allowed to have anyone else. And that's because that's how disease, that's how venereal disease, where we get the word Venus from, the, wor- the worship of Venus, which is Simaramus, which is where the egg, the goddess of fertility, it's all that pagan, it's all demonic, the phallic symbols and all that, it's all demonic, it's just a counterfeit of true Christianity, which is in the Bible. And it was in the heavens, E.W. Bullinger. Write that one down, E. W. Bullinger, and you can find out all about the that God has already written to do everything in the stars. And then, of course, the Bible's only been around. I think the oldest book's about 1400 B.C. I think it's the Book of Job. And then Moses came along and wrote all the five books of Moses. And then you've got the disciples in the, the first hundred years. All those were written. And Paul wrote all those letters, didn't he? And uh, he was a Roman, uh, a Roman citizen, but he was a, a Jew, a Pharisee. He hated the Christians. And if you read in Acts, the book of Acts in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, you can read about his conversion when he was a Jew Uh, in in chapter nine. He was on the road to Damascus up to Syria on the way there to to get to, to have some Christians arrested and killed, probably hated them. Because they were they were they weren't called Christians. They were called those of the Way or something like that. It wasn't until they went to Antioch that Christians were first named, which is where our Bibles come from—the King James Bible. That um, that Antiochian text comes from there, and it's a, it's where you know it's a that's the beginning of Christianity. That's where it was first named, and as an Antioch Christian. And so anyway So there you go So I'm just waffling on again um, Rosa Corey too I wanted to bring you her Before we go It is uh, 18 minutes to I think it is anyway Yes we well not far away 19 minutes to, um, to 8 o'clock I'll be gone at 8 And hopefully after the weekend And I'll tell you what I'm going to do I'm going to start doing A Sunday morning children's request We're going to have Bible stories I'll start it early So it doesn't interfere With the um, Sunday school <laughs> I don't know We'll start at 7 o'clock Or something like that On a Sunday morning And uh, we'll play some uh, children's requests. Uh, We might even play some of those old ones that, you know, that um, pretty harmless, aren't they? Little Flick and all that sort of stuff. But I'll try and find some Bible stuff, and I'll I'll get that cranking. I don't know. It might be next year sometime, Lord willing, unless unless the Lord returns and we end up getting caught up to meet. And to and all you non-Christians that are listening, you're left behind. You know what we left behind? You want to be, you want to be uh, on the on the journey with us. I know you know you can't stand us. I know we talk nonsense. That's only because you don't have the Spirit of God in you. Once you believe by faith that Jesus Christ died for your sins, rose again three days later according to Scripture. Once you believe that by faith, because I even if I took you in a time machine to the foot of the cross and said there, see that man up there on that cross, all bloodied, marred more than any man. The Bible says, all the flesh hanging off his back from being whipped with cat and nine tails, with bits of pottery in it and, uh, you know, his hair, beard, beard pulled out, and there's hands, you know, big fat square nails rammed and, you know, uh, bashed into his hands and feet. And there he is up there. He's a, he's dying for you. He's taking all of your sins in, into his body. He is the sacrifice, just like Aslan was for, that, for the children. He paid the price for their sins, and that's what he was doing. Even if I took you in a time machine back 2,000 years, you'd still need faith to believe that that he was dying for you, wouldn't you? So it's no excuse that you weren't there. You don't have to be a darling, Thomas. The Bible says, "Blessed is he that sees; that believes." Rather, "Blessed is he that believes without seeing." Now, I've got to play this because a lot of you think I'm a racist and don't like the Marys. I love the marriage. I just don't want the language to be forced upon me. I want to learn it because I want to learn it, and I probably would have, would have, maybe really brushed up on it and really learnt it. But I'm not going to have it forced on me. Why should one-sixth, if that, force uh, um, their way, their will upon the rest of us? We all live together. The Treaty of Waitangi, if you just go and get it and read it, instead of listening to what other people tell you it says, if you just read it for yourself, there's only three clauses, it's pretty clear. And there's no partnership, never was. The British didn't do partnerships. They didn't do one in America. So why would they do one with some, some uh, uh, cannibals down in the South Island, you know, in the, in the south of the country, the world, south of the world? Why would they do that? Certainly wouldn't. They had, they had the American, uh, not Civil War, but the American War of Independence. So that's how serious the, uh, the British were about keeping America. So you don't think for a minute they're going to do a partnership with, with the, the Maori. And it's just nonsense. Never was a partnership. Uh, Maori ceded sovereignty to the British Crown. And we all came under the one law. That's what Maori wanted, too. They wanted, they wanted to be protected by the law of England, because they knew that was good. And they could see that their kids are going to get Everything's going to be great. They'll be trading. Murray are very intelligent, incredible traders. Very, very good with money. Islanders as well. Boy, they are so great, because they're the descendants of the children of Shem. And Shem, all the Jews are Shem. All the Arabs are all the Chinese, they have some of the highest IQ in the world. The Ashkenazi Jew has the highest IQ. God's absolutely blessed them with intelligence. why they're rich. If they're successful and rich, we don't like them, do we? You know, Well, I do, but people don't because they're successful and rich. And uh, a lot of people want all the Jews killed. Why? Why is that? Because the devil hates them. Because he knows who they are and he knows the promises that God's given to them. That's why they are hated so much. And that's why there's so many lies about what's going on in Israel, about the genocide and all this sort of nonsense. There's no genocide happening in in uh, in Gaza at the moment. And you have to remember that all that land was actually not promised to the Arabs, the so-called Palestinians. It wasn't promised to them. It was promised to the the, the children of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Anyway, let's get back to this. This is lovely. the lovely Maisie Rika. Beautiful. Look her up on YouTube. And this one is called... It's a bit like, unfortunately, my eyes aren't so good, so I have to move in a bit closer. Tangaroa, whakama, Man, I, I think it's actually an aspirated WH. Whakamautai. That's what I think it is anyway. But have a listen. Just a beautiful song. Absolutely beautiful. It's uh, 14 minutes to, or 15 to. And I'll see you after this, and then we'll hear from Rosa Corey, okay?
13: was agreed to by 179 nations. It's called the Agenda for the 21st Century. It's a totalitarian state being developed right now, all over the world. It is the inventory and control plan. Inventory and control of all land, all water, all minerals, all plants, all animals, all construction, all means of production, all food, all energy, all information, and all human beings in the world. And this is a plan that was agreed to by 179 nations back in 1992. It's a United Nations plan. It's called the Agenda for the 21st Century. And so many of us around the world think that, um, well, sustainable development, it just sounds so great. Isn't it about recycling and creative reuse and, uh, and creating energy and food resources for everyone? And the answer is no, it really is not. It's about moving populations into city centers, concentrated city centers, and clearing them out of the rural areas. All systems have to be brought into harmony in order to control them all. Because when systems don't meet, when they're, when they're out of balance or not in sync with one another, they can't be controlled centrally. And the goal of Agenda 21 is one world government and total control from a central unit. Every nation that signed on to Agenda 21 has its, uh, its local Agenda 21 plan. People in the United States are completely unaware of this. If I go out and talk about this, the United States press will attack me, and calls me, which is it's totally ridiculous. It is a, but it's not a theory. It's fact. The three pillars of United Nations Agenda 21 are economy, ecology and equity, the three E's. And everyone sort of thinks that they know what that means, the idea of social equity. It must mean that, well, everyone's going to have access to clean water and clean air, and uh, no one's property is going to be used as a dumping ground because they are at a poverty level. But really what social equity is about is about impoverishing huge portions of the population and bringing down uh, the developed nations everything that we're looking at now is destined to collapse our economies. It's a totalitarian state to being developed right now all over the world. And what major corporations want in this development is to be able to, uh, to have move, full movement of, of, uh, of workers without borders or boundaries, to be able to move their goods through without regulations, and to reduce wages. And so this is the goal, so this is what you find with social equity. And of course, economy and uh, ecology is about, these are the three circles, economy, ecology, and social equity. And where they meet in the center is balance. But really that balance is a communitarian balance. So it's not balance of well-being of the people. What it is is it's a balance for corporations so that they can exploit and control and have populations in an area, in tightly packed, dense areas, so that they can be surveilled and managed. And this is what that balance looks like as far as the development of a totalitarian state is. The mainstream media is owned by five major corporations, and you're not going to get this information from the mainstream press. So you need to be your own press. You need to educate yourself. You need to get out there and educate your neighbors, your community, your real community. You need to help your children understand that they're being indoctrinated from pre-kindergarten to post-graduate school. All of us have a responsibility to ourselves and to others. This is true community. To work for personal freedom and always remember that even though we work as a group, if we do work as a group, we're all individuals in those groups. And we answer only to ourselves. And this is essential. It's essential as, as, as free human beings, this is what we are. We are free and we need to continue to be free. And I do believe that we will win, but we have to become aware that there is a fight and then make our friends and our neighbors and our community aware as well and work together.
5: There we are, folks. That is the lovely Rosa Coy. She's gone to her long home, though, sadly. It is five minutes to eight. TNT Radio News coming up at eight o'clock. And uh, what else have I got for you? Well, guess what I've got? I forgot to give you all the details of what happened on this day. So what happened on this day uh, in, which is the 8th of December, isn't it? Friday 8th of December. But on this day, we talked about the Women's Weekly, didn't we? And I got sidetracked, chasing a rabbit down some off, off down some track, some rabbit hole. Uh, 1932 on this day, the first issue of Women's Weekly. Well, let me just mention that again. It's not the Women's Weekly, it's the Women's Weekly. And the first issue was uh, distributed during the Depression, of course, 1932, and that's right. And then I went off on a tangent about my dad. Uh, you know, as a child, 1932, he would have been 11. Uh, now, the magazine contained advice on cooking and household uh, work, housework for the women, and uh, romantic stories as well, short stories for them, and then also knitting patterns and feature articles there lovely, isn't it? And then also on this day in 1941, New Zealand was at war with Japan for the first time. Uh, on this day 1941, the announcement by the Prime Minister's Department of New Zealand, uh, that, rather the, the Prime Minister's Department, that New Zealand was in uh, the state of war with Japan following the surprise attack Oh, well, so they say. Some people say it wasn't a surprise at all. Surprise attack of the United States naval base in Pearl Harbor, and Hawaii. Uh, Japan also attacked Hong Kong and the Philippines, Thailand, and also Malaya. Now, also on this day, in 1942, deadly fire of the Sea Cliff Mental Hospital. The fire that swept through a block of a ward, uh, rather, rather, did I say yes? It swept it swept through the block. Uh, it was at the Sea Cliff Mental Hospital, north of Dunedin, that killed 37 female patients. Nasty stuff. Also, on this day in 1972, on the 8th of December, Witu Tirukatni Sullivan, uh, Sullivan uh, she became the first Maori cabinet minister in New Zealand, and uh, that was in the. Uh, she was the Minister of Tourism in the Norman Kirk's third Labour government. There we are. so that's what happened on this day. Uh, And that was 1972. So 1932 for the Women's Weekly. uh, War broke out in Japan after the Pearl Harbour in 1941 and we all decided my dad had to go up there in 41, so he would have been 20 years old when he went off to fight the Japs and I think he had to wait a few months before they let him go because he's a wee bit young and so he had to do a bit of extra training there at Trentham I think it was. And then they chucked him on a ship and up, up he went. Didn't fly in those days. He got on a ship and up he went to the, there. And then he was there for, I think, um, two, two years or something. And then they brought him back and then he was in the second division and he sailed across all the way to Cairo and then fought uh, those battles um, uh, all the way up the, uh, the um, Italy. And the war ended in 1945 for my dad. Uh, yeah, 1945 it was. So what have we got coming up Next we have um ben shapiro is coming up and also we'll have a a, an announcement on what what to do if you come across some high voltage wires
8: i look white dude i look like i tell my mom to shut up (laughs) i could never do that i could never do that i have a cuban mom that escaped communism okay the only reason I know that is because she told me every morning. So I don't know how you woke up in the morning, but for me, it's good morning, Marcelo. Have a great day, but just remember, I free you. She's <laughs> a scary woman. In my house, you can't have a bad day. When your mom escapes communism, you can't have a bad day. You get home from school, you're like, mom, I had a bad day at school. She's like, what happened? happened? What happened that was so bad? (laughs) Did somebody steal your freedom today? (laughs) I don't
6: understand.
5: (laughs) That is
0: fine. Uh, The expatriates from the communist countries, they are the
7: best. Mm
5: -hmm. The best people. They are the best. Okay, we'll just have a quick look at the headlines before we go. Look, I've been terrible, haven't I? I've just skipped all the headlines. Uh, We're waiting for the news coming up at... um, Eight o'clock with TNT Radio. Then I'll be back with the weather. Let you know what's happening there. And then I'm off to do farm work, and you're off to do whatever it is you've got to do for the rest of the day. We'll have country music, <laughs> no western. no we don't like western. Sorry. I, I sometimes joke and say there's only two kinds of music, country and western. But really, I just like country music, and not all of it too. Because you know we're not we're uh, we're a bit funny here in New Zealand. We don't like all that too twangy stuff. And so I'm trying to edit stuff out that I think you won't like. It'll take take a while to do it. We've also got uh, hopefully Lord willing will have a new a whole new sound coming. Uh, in the new year we've got some people working on that for us right now uh, but anyway let's look at the headlines deeply unfair support those struggling with alcohol distraught family say the family of a man killed while cycling to Christchurch for his first grandchild's birthday shower there's a birthday shower hopes his death uh, which serves as a reminder of the dangers of drinking and driving wow yes that's right you can't go drinking and driving I lost um, well, my brother and sister in a terrible car accident in a place called um, Riparoa Uh, and my brother's best friend was killed, and I I struggle, I can't even really talk about it, um, because it upsets me. Okay, we've got news coming up just uh, very shortly. Here it is, I I haven't got time to even give you the news, so here's TNT Radio News right now.
4: TNT Radio News.
5: For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. Russia's Federal Security Service
0: led a sustained hacking campaign against British politicians and political processes, the government announced this morning. Victims, who have been told but aren't being named, include a large number of high-profile MPs from several political parties. It's understood the politicians also had their personal email accounts hacked. The announcement comes just days after Deputy Prime Minister Oliver Dowden urged Britons to buy torches, candles, and first aid kits to prepare for power cuts and cyber attacks. He added that Britain must retain analog capabilities in the digital age amid threats to critical national infrastructure from hostile state actors. The National Cybersecurity Center warned last month of an enduring and significant threat posed by states and state-aligned groups to the national assets that the U.K. relies on for the everyday functioning of society. In a surprise move, Workplace Relations Minister Tony Burke has struck a deal with crossbenchers David Pocock and Jackie Lambie to pass measures in its Industrial Relations Bill. The key measures, which came after the government split the closing loopholes bill in two, were approved by the Senate on December 7th, the last parliamentary sitting day of the year. The measures include providing same job, same pay for labor hire workers and criminalizing intentional wage theft. Additional measures include the new criminal offense of industrial manslaughter, better support for first responders post-traumatic stress disorder, and protection for workers subjected to family and domestic violence from discrimination at work. Mr. Burke said other measures in the government's original larger bill will be debated next year. Air Force Special Operations Command has grounded the United States' entire fleet of CV-22 Ospreys, while an investigation into a November 29th crash off the Japanese coast is ongoing. Lieutenant General Tony Barnfind, the AFSOC commander, said in a December 6 media statement he had directed an immediate operational stand down of the Osprey fleet until the investigation into the crash off the shore of Japan's Yakushima Island is concluded. So far, no timeline for the investigation and a possible date have been revealed publicly. Lieutenant Barnfind also implied the Osprey fleet would return to service at some point in the future. This comes despite the latest crash claiming the lives of eight service members and the long history of Osprey crashes all around the world. At this stage, search and recovery operations are still underway for the remains of two service members who are still missing following the crash. The Air Force officially concluded earlier this week that all eight who went down with the aircraft are deceased. Vietnamese President Vo Van Tuong's recent visit to Japan has highlighted the Southeast Asian country's growing importance among nations concerned about Beijing's behavior including its maritime claims in the South China Sea. Located in the eastern part of the Indochina Peninsula, Vietnam shares borders with China, Laos, and Cambodia, and has coastlines along the Gulf of Thailand and the South China Sea. As a significant economic player in Southeast Asia, Vietnam has become attractive for Western countries looking to diversify their supply chains and mitigate strategic risks. It also plays an essential role in the global supply chain for some world-leading companies. Former biotech entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy accused Nikki Haley of not having the foreign policy experience she claims at the News Nation GOP primary debate.
2: pointless war in Ukraine, and I think those with foreign policy experience, one thing that Joe Biden and Nikki Haley have in common is that neither of them could even state for you three provinces in eastern Ukraine that they want to send our troops to actually fight for. Look at that. This is what I want people to understand. These people have, I mean, she has no idea what the hell the names of those provinces But she wants to send our sons and daughters and our troops and our military equipment to go fight it. So reject this myth that they've been selling you that somebody had a cup of coffee stint at the U.N. and then makes eight million bucks after has real foreign policy experience. It takes an outsider to see this through. Look at the blank expression.
0: This has been James O'Neill with your TNT News Brief. We'll be back with another news break at the top of the next hour.
5: Thank you, James. And now the weather. And now the weather, right after this uh, important uh, uh, announcement. Did you know that when a high-voltage wire falls to the ground, running is a
2: huge mistake? As it touches the ground, a strong electric field with a radius of about 20 meters radiates outwards. This electric current can flow from one foot to the other, causing severe, sometimes fatal, injuries. However, there's no need to panic. If you're some distance away from where it touched down, you might feel a slight tingling sensation, but the voltage isn't lethal yet. Always remember, don't move forward or panic and run. Just lift one foot and hop backwards to stay away from the danger zone.
5: OK, that's very important, isn't it? Now, let's look at the temperatures. is still way ahead there. I think I've got the latest forecast here from Met Service. It looks like it's yeah, fairly new, not too old at all. And uh, Wakatani, 17.8 degrees for you. Wauru, you, Waiuru, uh, 8.7, that's the lowest. Tauranga is, has uh, the, the windiest place, 24 kilometres per hour. And there's no rain anywhere in the country at the moment. We're all in double digits now, everywhere, the whole country. Double digits, except for Waiuru. Uh, that's where you go, isn't it? That's where the um, the tent cities are going to be set up. When New Zealand Law takes control of the government in 2024, 5, six, seven, six, uh, I'll be I'm, I want to be head of corrections, <laughs> and I don't want prisoners rotting in cells, and I don't want that to happen, so I want to look after them, so I want to get, get them working. And so we're going to set up some tent cities in, um, in Waiuru just to sort of on the desert road in between the two out in the out in the, away from everybody and uh, they're going to be doing hard labor and we'll have horses uh, we we'll have people on horses that those kaimanawa ponies will be um, harnessed and used uh, for the um, the prison guards who will be horsemen, uh, on the, they'll be riding on on in saddles with uh, shotguns, and we'll give them a few more. They'll they'll be allowed a few more than five shots in the shotgun too. We'll, we'll give them those Mossberg's with ten shots. We'll give them you know, open it up a bit, and uh, we'll pepper them. So anyone that tries to run away, they'll have their bracelets on. They'll be um, smashing rocks, hard labor, and uh, you know getting those rocks all beautifully made. So we'll drop the rocks off if there's no rocks in the desert road. And then they will be um, smashed up into little pieces and then they'll come and they'll load those beautiful shaped uh, stones and they'll be taken to masons where they'll make beautiful walls with it. And so that's what's going to happen. And so we'll be able to drive down the desert road there and we'll be able to look over and see the men working. And the boys will be separate from the men. And the women will have a place for the women as well. They'll be doing sewing, I suppose, and cooking, learning how to do, to how to be, how to become ladies. Have <laughs> to re-education camp. But there'll be tent cities. Um, summer, summer, spring, autumn, and winter uh, tent cities living, and it's fairly rough, as you know already. This time of the year, eight point seven. This hour of the morning, just gone eight o'clock. Uh, fairly cool in Wauru. And uh, so, yep, yeah, that's what it's going to be like. And so it's going to save a fortune. There'll be no prisons. We won't be building prisons. There'll be tent cities, just like Judge Arapa... Not Judge. Um, what was his name? Sheriff. Sheriff Arapaia did in Arizona. But, of course, when the Democrats uh, stole the election, when they cheated and stole the election, uh, all that ended, didn't they? even locked up old Arapaya just before Trump got him. I think it was. OK, so uh, let's look at the short forecast, and then I'll be off, off to do some work. I've got fencing to do today. And uh, have to move some cows, it looks as though they you've just got to keep them moving. If you're not giving them uh, if you're not drenching your animals, uh, you need to find, you need to keep them moving because otherwise they can't they'll pick up um, you know worms and stuff like that from the poops possibly. but we haven't had any trouble like that. And we don't do vaccinations, we don't do worming or anything like that, drenching. Uh, Even ticks, we've got ways getting around that. I'll tell you about that next week. Anyway, short forecast is for Northland to Taranaki, including Taramanui. Also for the Coromandel Peninsula, mainly fine weather. Showers developing in Coromandel and also inland Waikato this afternoon. For the Bay of Plenty and Taupo, fine breaks with isolated showers. Thunderstorms possible inland this afternoon and evening. For Wanganui to Thai Happy, also for Wellington, and for Gisborne to Wairarapa, mostly fine weather today. Isolated showers about the ranges this afternoon and evening, some of them are going to be heavy. For Nelson, Buller, Marlborough, and Westland, mainly fine weather for you, fine folks. Good morning to you, very good morning to you. And uh, isolated an afternoon and evening showers for Marlborough. Uh, Fiordland, rainy day today, all day, although it's not raining at the moment, but it will be, or it could be raining at the moment. Actually, you're not a main centre, are you, Fiordland, there with the moose? Rain all day today. Canterbury, showers clearing this morning, fine spells increasing. Otago and in Southland, you've got partly cloudy weather today, scattered showers near the coast, and clearing in Southland this evening, mainly fine in Chathams, and that's my lot. I will see you. Um, Lord willing, always got to say that, because you know, you boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. I could, um, I don't know, I could trip over and hit my head on a rock and that'd be the end of it, and then I'd go to meet my maker, wouldn't I? And so you just do not know what's going to happen. So uh, the old rabbi w- would say, uh, it's very important for everybody to uh, to believe in, in God. He'd say didn't have, didn't believe in the Savior, but it's very important you've all got to repent, he said, Before you die, make sure you repent before you die. And one of the students said, but Rabbi, we don't know when we're going to die. And he said, well, then repent
8: today. When you can point me to an industry, to a platform that reaches 250 million people a month, virtually nine out of 10 Americans, that's real, that's substantive, that's important. And that reach and that touch point and that daily reinforcement it's an amazing place to be able to communicate messages. That's massive. To find out more, go to tntradio.live.
3: Why do
7: you
1: think, Pearl, that,
8: that women are
1: not natural
8: leaders?
7: I just think there are things that women are naturally good at and men are naturally good at. Women just tend to be more agreeable and the trait disagreeability. Men tend to be more that way where women tend to be more agreeable. We've
5: forgotten Margaret Thatcher and Liz Truss, and various other prime ministers we've well, had. Well, if you
7: want to look at women in positions of political power, they're actually more violent and more willing to wage war. So I actually think that women do struggle in positions of political power as well. For example, your shortest prime minister ever here was a woman.
1: Retiring is generally a very stupid plan for people. They have a very narrowed image of what retirement means. So they imagine themselves, you know, sirping, slip, sipping margaritas on a beach in the Caribbean, which is a real good plan for the first night. Well, right, you just turn into like a fat, yeah. sunburned alcoholic and no time flat. (laughs) And like I've seen people around 55 start to decide that they're old. You know, they've sort of decided that they've had the adventure of their life and that they're done. And that does facilitate They're aging very rapidly. Yeah, I
7: don't even think women should be police officers because, I'm sorry, if I'm in danger and they send me a woman, I'm going to be so offended, especially here. If I'm home alone and someone breaks into my apartment and they send me a woman, it's like, what's a woman going to do that I couldn't do? I'm stronger than most women. I'm in better shape than most women. And I'm taller than most women. So it's like, what is that female police officer really going to (laughs) do?
5: (laughs)
6: The wireless. <laughs> this is the wireless, today's best country.
7: What, what country is this?
6: You're listening to Country Reflections.